Starting it up, I'm going to invite Mr. Clarenberry right now. Invite DM, here we go. This is going to be a good one. Share this on your wall. Let's see. I'm not taking speakers besides Clarenberg. We, we will Q&A later, I guess, but not right now. Let him come in. Going to be talking about belling cat. And, well, there's lots of little belling cat sister organizations. The Rise Project, I'd argue the White Helmets, the INC. So, he'll be here in a second. Give me thumbs up if the audio is good. Good enough. This is a good distance. I'd like to know. <clears throat> Thanks. Thanks, Lee and Leo. Risto. All right. This is cool. We can share it on other platforms. Nice. People want to speak. <laughs> I have a guest. I just DM'd a minute ago. There you go. Trying to access. Click that. This way. <clears throat> I see you asking to speak, but this is going to be an interview. I think he's trying to join. Sometimes spaces are a little bit wonky. This summer, I couldn't use them at all. It's not You know, Kit wrote the piece on, in the gray zone about September 11th on Omar Bayemi and Osama Basnan helping 9-11 hijackers. Information we knew, but never been published in anything as large as the gray zone until he did it. Did a favor to everybody. Let's see if he's here yet. Nope. Hmm. I will have plenty to say on this too. So, can get a five hundred something. Yeah. Well, I just talked to him like fifteen minutes ago. See what's going on. I think this will relate to the Tate case, too. Let's see. Trying to access, he says. All right. 
The reason we're not on Rumble is because they've been getting DDoS attacked. Denial of service, which is shocking for Rumble, something that size. But that's been happening for days, and then they announced that Tucker Carlson is going to be rumbling. But good luck doing that when the servers fail. And it wasn't just me, and it's not just East Asia or something. It was global. Rumble was down for like 10 hours or something. And they've done it more than once. I saw Sneeko was trying to stream from the UFC and couldn't do it because Rumble was being attacked. So that's why we're doing Twitter spaces. It's only my second space. We had Adam Fitzgerald. We talked about... Um, Bin Laden's letter to America last time. It's a good one. Still waiting for Kit Clarenberg. Must be something technical. Let's see. That's what comes up. What the fuck? All right. All right let me try to invite him via link. It is something technical. Try that now. Try the bottom one, I'm saying. What the hell? Hmm. I might have to kill this and start a new one if he can't join. I mean, I can go over this topic, too, but that the whole point was, is to make the guests shine, you know? So, it's... Hmm. Y'all are in here, so how can... Weird. Hmm. Invite via DM. Yeah, I did. Who else can we invite? Angel team, let's see. Someone said they're worried it would be conducted in Japanese. No, I don't think my guests can speak Japanese. Or can he? Because that would be fun. <laughs> uh, damn, I don't know. Well, what I did is I tried to set up a space that's like, oh, coming at eight. Maybe I should just make a new one. Because I don't know, I don't have a tech person, so. That is so weird. Usually, you can just join a space. I mean, all of you guys are here, so what the hell? Mm. All right. Someone wants to. Oh, there he is. Hooray. I think we got it. <laughs> Let's see. You should be approved, Mr. Clarenberg. You should be able to speak. Let's test it. Just hit the little microphone. There you go. Great. Good, good afternoon to you in 
Europe. Yeah. <laughs> Good evening to you in uh, Asia. There you go. So, ladies and gentlemen, Kit Clarenberg on the Twitter space. Only our second Twitter space. Rumbles failed us. He's writes for the Gray Zone and Mint Press, and and he's a investigative journalist. He's been harassed in the UK for probably for his writings on Bellingcat. I'm going to ask him about that. You got stopped, I believe, at the airport once for. I don't know, telling the truth. What was going What's the story there? I, I mean, well, I mean, it's all very dramatic. Like in May, I flew back to the UK where I was, I, I, I was born and raised um, to visit a, 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 a very ill relative. Um, uh, and um, I was met on the tarmac by a team of six counter-terror officers who bundled me into a back room at Luton Airport. I'm not sure if anyone listening has ever been there, but it's the worst airport in the world. Um, I mean, I, I'm going to get a bit triggered thinking about going through normal passport control. Um, and so, yeah, I was held for five hours and they took my DNA and I, I was fingerprinted and I, they copied all of my digital devices. They've still got one of my memory cards, actually. Um, they say that they think it might be relevant to uh, future criminal prosecution. They took your DNA? Oh, yeah. And they told me, they told, they told me if, if, if your fingerprints haven't been found on an IED in Afghanistan, we delete the data in six months. So that's, that's very reassuring. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was related to my work for the Grey Zone. And there were all sorts of questions about whether the, the Grey Zone had a special agreement with the FSB to, to publish hack documents um, and other very, very bizarre questions, such as whether my energy bills were included in my rent. It was all deeply unpleasant. Um, and I, I, Craig Murray, the former British ambassador, uh, is now currently seeking um, uh, uh, asylum in Switzerland because he had the same experience as me and was told that his digital devices were being kept because he's now under investigation for terrorism offences. Um, not the not the cheeriest news one can receive, I think. But I, I mean, just, just to underline how ludicrous this is. Uh, and I do you know which article triggered them or just in general being part of the well, Grey Zone? Well, I mean, they, they, they spoke to me about my work on 9-11, which was quite interesting. Um, but, I mean, uh, they, they, well, I better never fly through the UK. Oh, yeah, but yeah, no, I mean, I think they'll, they'll probably down your jet. Um, you know, uh, but they, yeah, in, in effect, the, the, the powers I was stopped under, it's this very controversial 2019 counter-terror law, which... It, 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 the, the argument is that because you're not under arrest, you don't have the right to silence. But if you refuse to answer their questions, uh, you're under arrest for obstruction. So um, it's quite some catch, that catch-22, um, and really quite shocking example of compelled speech. And I mean, this is, this is in, in the UK, which invented the right to silence. Um, in, <laughs> well, surely this is harassment. They don't actually think you're connected to Afghanistan IEDs or anything. This is just punishing journalists for... Oh, yeah embarrassing them. oh yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely i mean i think that the, the 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 thing that really pissed them off was that we, we published uh, on a, a bunch of leaks which showed that the uh, shadowy elements of british intelligence were heavily involved in in uh pros the prosecution of ukraine's war effort and they they did things like they planned the the uh attack on kirch bridge um which of course the, the russians were not very happy about um last late last year and um of course britain wishes to maintain the fiction that this is a completely unprovoked war and that this is uh, uh, that they are coming to the aid of their liberal democratic ally in Kiev and the reality is is they've been f fermenting this for many many years and there is an, there's an organization 
which doesn't exist anymore, in part, I like to think, because I exposed their activities, called the Institute for Statecraft. They had a program called Integrity Initiative, which was concerned with spreading fake news about Russia in order to demonize Moscow and um, uh, diplomatically isolate them. They, on their website, are now, again, now deleted, um, in July 2014, they, they published an article which effectively called for Russia to be uh, yes, diplomatically isolated and um, uh, e e economically isolated via sanctions because this would lead to uh, war of the old-fashioned sort that uh, the, the West would inevitably win. Um, of course, we're now seeing the, the failure of that project on the fields of eastern Ukraine. But yes, um, so... Uh, oh, you're saying the summer offensive didn't do as well as they said? I mean, shocking, <laughs> isn't it? Shocking. I mean, I, I, the, the, uh, the Washington Post recently published a post-mortem on the counter-offensive, which revealed that a significant proportion of their planning around this, if you can even call it that, was based on the assumption that the Russians would just run away. Um, <laughs> well, I like how they call it counter-offensive, too. It's just an offensive. But to catch the audience up, uh, Kit wrote about September 11th, and he talked about how Nawif al-Hazmi and Khalid al-Midhar had gotten support from Saudis like Omar Bayoumi and Osama Basnan. And like this information was in the Joint Inquiry Senate Investigation, Operation Encore, as well as some of it was in WikiLeaks and it'd been out for a while, but it never really hit a big publication until the gray zone. And, but so I love this. Like, and there's a lot of stuff like that. There's a lot of information about nine 11 that we know that we've known, but it's never really gotten um, a, a serious coverage because people look at nine 11 and roll their eyes because of guys like Alex Jones that turned it into a circus. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think that the, the really the, the the core of my my um my my I think it, I think it was in April, uh, like the, the of my report was this. There's, there there is a court filing which was um, submitted to the Office of Military Commissions, which is prosecuting uh, nine eleven suspects. It was written by a former a kind of veteran DEA uh, investigator, and it's based on interviews with FBI and CIA people and. Uh, various documents we're not allowed to see, which concluded that the CIA had a, uh, a relationship with at least two of the hijackers, um, Al Hazmi and Al Midar, via a, a liaison. Um, the, the, the South, the, oh, the yeah. South. They'd follow them to an Al Qaeda summit meeting in Malaysia where they yeah. met KSM. Like they definitely knew. Oh that. yeah, and they, they, they broke into their hotel rooms and copied their passports and found out they had um, multi-entry U.S. visas, and then said claimed that they were going to tell the whole U.S. intelligence community, and then they told no. They fast-tracked those yeah. visas, and they had their phones tapped yeah. too. I, I mean, shocking, isn't it? They were just asleep at the wheel, but the. I think that the the the, the detail of of, of uh, contained in that um, declaration, um, it, a, a lot of it w was not necessarily new, but I mean, it was it was extraordinary to, to to get that insight and have multiple CIA people who were part of Alex Station, which was tracking Al Qaeda, openly state that they uh, knew well that these two Al-Qaeda hijackers had been recruited and they were explicitly told to lie to official investigations about this. So, I mean, it does rather undermine the notion that you can't keep a secret for five minutes because this was kept very secret for a very, very, very long time. And that um, court filing was released by a website called SpyTalk. Uh, it has received zero mainstream pickup. Yeah, all. nothing. Absolutely. Exactly. Part of it, I talked to a DOD insider and was saying part of the reason they sat on this information or hid it 
and because part of this was revealed in the underdacted 28 consecutive pages from the JS report mm-hmm. was that ultimately the the funding came from Bandar Bush's wife through the wives of these two individuals down to the hijackers. So they'd gotten financial and logistical support, not just from Saudi intelligence, but right up to a, a very chummy relationship with the Bush family. And it was personally embarrassing. So they wanted to hide it. <laughs> it gets worse. But as you we were talking about swerving to Ukraine, they did attack the Kirsch Bridge. I remember reading that in the gray zone. You had their names. You had the plans that they had made, everything. And I'm thinking, all right, here we go. <laughs> Not one TV station touched it. Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, I, what I find really interesting is that there, there were media outlets all over the world that reported on this. Like, I mean, across Europe and, I mean, even in Singapore, this got picked up. But the English language media didn't go anywhere near it. And now there is a little-known um, British government body called the DSMA Committee, that means Defence and Security Media Advisory, they can issue what are called D-notices um, to uh, media outlets. So if they think a story is going to be published or has been published, which is threatening to national security, quote-unquote, which can mean almost literally anything, they write to journalists. And- or like Epstein's flight oh, logs? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, that's absolutely a national security that's that's the joke and not a joke that's happened yeah yeah um and and so yeah. in, 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 in they the, 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 they write yeah they write to journalists and editors and say please don't publish this and it's you know, it's it's all very british it's like would you be a good good sport old boy and and, and just just ignore this rather embarrassing disclosure um it has like a hundred percent success rate even though it's theoretically advisory so they they managed to stop any british publication apart from the guardian reporting on the snowden disclosures for instance this is like a global story and no british newspaper went near it so um in one of the the guardian recently removed their bin laden letter to america oh, yeah. yeah absolutely because for some reason it went viral on tiktok this year <laughs> and that's been out since it happened too but yeah they I don't know. 9-11 is one of these things that got turned into a tar baby because all these kook theories denying airplanes and, mm-hmm. da, 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 da. and so it became very hard to talk about it in a serious way, doubting the kind of government version without being lumped in with the kooks, let's just say. And so a lot of stuff like, well, why don't we look at what he said, why he did it? You know, it doesn't justify it or anything, but what did he say? Nope. They were unaware that that they didn't even know what to look for. Because they've been spoon-fed stuff about, you know, hijacker denial and miniature nukes and stuff like that. So they didn't see it. But is it amazing how much information is out there that we know that the general public doesn't know? Because basically it's not on TV. And what you're saying happened in the UK with the, hey, uh, boy, don't good boy, don't do this. Similar things happen in the US and, and others places where they say don't do that or we're going to cut off all access to um, the pentagon or whatever and people go oh, can't do that they did that with epstein too they said but don't run this story on the prince or you're gonna lose access to the royal family oh wow yeah i mean the, the, i mean the, the epstein stuff is just crazy to me i'm i <clears throat> had 10,000 pages of, of Bureau of Prison documents released to me, which they were also um, uh, given to the New York Times, which did nothing with them, of course. But there's all sorts of very strange passages in there, which, I mean, it kind of suggests that the, his, his first alleged attempt to kill himself didn't even happen. 
um, and, 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 and all, all sorts of weirdness where the Bureau of Prisons, they, they took quotes that he made in uh, an interview with a psychologist where he specifically said, I, I, I could never kill myself. I'm a coward. You know, I, I, I don't like giving blood. Like, um, and then this is twisted into, he said he was a coward and this is a sign of suicidal intent. Um, and- he wanted to freeze his brain and penis and like had this plan to impregnate the girls he was raping. Like this is not, this is someone that wanted to per- be permanent, you know, as, and live as long as possible. And he had just met with his lawyers. They, He'd set up a trust, the 1953 trust. He was planning to at least go to court. And so, yeah, it's really suspicious. A lot of coincidences happened the day he died. And I don't think most people buy it. No. No, but it's—I mean, it's a—it's a—it's a, tr- a tremendous um, testament to the to the to the the, uh, the power of of uh, of, of the eraser um, in pencil terms, because yeah, the, the 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 there is an enormous amount of public skepticism about the official version of of what happened. There was all sorts of of. Uh, o- o- open dissent um, against the the established narrative in the immediate aftermath, and then now it's all been forgotten. Uh, and when he got arrested the second time. Where you? I, this is what I was thinking. I don't know if you were thinking this, but we were thinking this is too good to be true. They're going to have to kill yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because he had. I mean, we're talking like list of billionaires. He had everybody compromised. I'm like, there's no way this can go to court. This will change the world. Oh. And then he died. I just oh. well, it was the same with when Jelaine G- G- um, ended up in court. There were loads of people who were like getting really excited about the prospect of her like naming names and bringing people down. But then, of course, none of the, the underlying evidence on which she was convicted is, is has been permitted into the public domain. It's sealed forever. Um, so um, quite quite what she what she was doing and and um, to whose benefit we, we we shall never know. And she and again, she's just been rather forgotten. Um, I mean, our original topic of conversation was meant to be Bellingcat. Um, and I, th- I, I, I yeah, let's get I into think, that. <laughs> I think, but I think that actually that they kind of fit into this mold, that they are a f- form of soft censorship because they, the, the, with their open source investigations, which are typically not open source at all, they uh, validate stuff like Banna Alabed, you know, that, that very young Syrian girl who who was just sincerely asking for NATO and UN airstrikes on, on her home country um, uh, and, was t- and, and had a book publishing deal and absolutely was not a PSYOP at all um, as legitimate. And they also um, are the, the, the um, first line of vindication of, of 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 claims of enemy government atrocities such as chemical weapons attacks in Syria, and it's quite and so once they drop an investigation stating, okay, well, Duma was absolutely an Assad operation, and there and it's completely ludicrous to suggest otherwise based on all of this evidence that we that we've collated via Google Maps, um, then the entire media will take that as a sign that okay, well, that's been verified. Then they're as good as a and they're an unimpeachable fact checker. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that's an enormously, um, an enormously powerful tool, like in 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 the mainstream arsenal for killing off, um, quote unquote, conspiracy theories about about controversial events. Um, and of course, they enjoy a very very intimate relationship with Western intelligence agencies, who are extremely fond of their work because rather than declassifying things and sharing sensitive information with the public or with their uh, with uh, with other with, uh, with other agencies, they can just point to Bellingcat investigations. And there was a there was a CIA veteran who who told foreign 
Policy magazine um, a couple of years ago that, yeah, well, no, we absolutely love what Berlin Cat's doing. I shouldn't really say this, but we absolutely love it because um, it solves a lot of problems for us. Um, their contribution to controversies like the poisoning of um, Sergei Skripal, the GRU defector, and his his daughter Yulia in Salisbury in, in uh, March two, 2018, and yes, multiple very very suspicious chemical weapons attacks in in, in Syria has been deeply corrosive. And but, but yes, they are pr protected. They are beloved by mainstream mainstream journalists and intelligence agencies. I recently uh, reported on um, a, a bombshell internal email that was, had been uncovered by a Dutch researcher under freedom of information laws, which showed that Bellingcat was coordinating its smears of independent researchers um, who de deviated from the official line on the on, on MH17 with Dutch counter-terror um, counter officers. Um, and they, they openly discuss how, in this email, um, members of, of, of what's known as the NCTV, uh, the National Coordinator for Security and Counterterrorism, they openly talk about how um, th this Bellingcat investigation, which strongly suggests without making the direct charge because it's incredibly libelous and based on some suspiciously obtained uh, hacked information, that, um, uh, yes, uh, the independent journalists who were publishing documentaries and investigations showing that um, the, the official narrative of MH17's downing was impossible, um, yeah, framing them as GRU um, or, or operatives. And, Belling and uh, the NCTV was wanted to um, uh, get, uh, forge a media strategy before this investigation dropped, i.e. they had seen a, a draft before publication. Um, and so that, I mean, that's absolutely stunning. And what, what I find quite interesting is that usually it, whenever I write about Bellingcat, there is a flurry of um, condemnation of me as this insane conspiracy theorist. Um, but um, quite a bit of, of rustling. Uh, but yes, the, 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 I mean, they, they smear me as this insane conspiracy theorist. But then this time round, they were completely silent and they ignored uh, requests for comment. So um, I think that uh, tells you all you need to know about how damaging this actually is to them. It reminds me that the triangle they set up between the INC and people like Judith Miller and then the kooks from the Office of Special Plans, like they would just, they'd get Miller and Sapphire to reiterate their own propaganda. And then they would quote the New York Times and go, oh, well, look, this is this is in the Times. So so there, you know, it must be true. And it was just making up, you know, fabricated pretext about WMDs, yellow cake, uranium, you know, mobile weapons labs and all these things have been proven false. But it didn't matter at the time they got their war. It's sort of like the old British system of privateers where you know, they'd attack whoever they wanted them to, and they go, well, it doesn't go back to the States, just independent pirates are doing this. <laughs> and it's, that's the way they can have Bellingcat or Rise Project or one of these little NGOs or lie on their behalf and say, well, what in us? You know, they said it, and it gets them around certain rules. But Bellingcat, I think, got its big start, you're right, in the, the lies about the Syrian war, but they seem to be hyper-focused now on Ukraine. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I wrote, I, I wrote an investigation in, in April this year about uh, Bellingcat's very, very suspicious involvement in what appears to have been 
a Ukrainian security service effort to get Russian pilots to defect, which resulted in um, the uh, several members of the Ukrainian armed forces being killed because over, this was effectively a counterintelligence operation, which Bellingcat just happened to get a front row seat to, to, to spectate in which, yes, they, they attempted to, uh, Kiev attempted to attract um, Russian, Russian pilots to defect with their planes. Um, and in the process, the, the Ukrainians disclosed sensitive information about the position of their, um, of a particular air base, which led to it being bombed and it caused, you know, mass destruction because that's what the Russian Air Force does. Um, and, um, be- yes, uh, Bellingcat were front row, front row center, center for this and apparently assisting the Ukrainian security services. They have denied that this, that, that this was a formal operation. They claimed it was just freelancers who were just act, acting out of patriotic duty and had no connection to the Ukrainian government. I mean, pull the other one. The, in, the, in, in the wake of um, that Ukrainian airfield being bombed, um, a large number of <coughs> Ukrainian government officials uh, lost their jobs and there's now an, a, a criminal investigation into their activities. Um, Bellingcat seems unscathed by this and has not acknowledged its existence. Um, but they, I mean, it's not just it's not just that they have also been, I think, Krista Grozev, um, this, this, this extremely wealthy uh, Bulgarian oligarch who's you know, a lead Bellingcat investigator. Um, he was one of the key sources for claims that Russia was running out of missiles. Um, in in April 2022, he claimed personally checked and found that Russia had already lost 90% of its highest quality um, essential parts of its army and that therefore the war was effectively over. And I mean, you know, the the families of the 100,000 people, if they're still alive, of course, who died um, in the uh, the failed counteroffensive, such comments must appear to be a sick joke. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they seem to be completely bulletproof. And, and despite their track record of extremely dubious um, uh, claims, which have been proven to be untrue, they are made men um, in the mainstream media. And, and, and Well, they've proven they're connected to state agencies because they've released information that was only available to state agencies. They sort of jumped the gun very specific information on the gas attacks they knew you know what what kind of i don't know canister and this and that they had very detailed thing really fast like within minutes so what what are you saying remind me of uh a story about jeff gannon and talon news guy worked for carl rove and he wrote a story in talon news just some made-up thing and saying very detailed information about the valerie plame affair before any of that had been made public like, how did you have access to these internal government memos to write about? Of course, they lied about Valerie Plame. The real story there was that Alcina uh, Brewster Jennings Associates front company, which was the CIA's front for the people tracking nuclear weapons proliferation from Iran, which they lied about. So this has been going on a, a long time where they'll have people who are supposedly independent journalists for the whatever, Bellingcat for this example, Talent News, whatever, that are obviously being fed information by state agencies and it's, it's fake news, but it doesn't go back to them now. And you've caught them dead the rights on several occasions showing that, okay, you're definitely tied to the Ukrainian government. You definitely got tied to the UK government here. And there's never any, there's no counter argument or anything. So denial, they just keep on lying and it seems to work like that lie. You just pointed out 
oh, Russia's run out of 90% of its ammunition for this artillery. They're running out of 150. Okay, that was obviously definitely wrong. You can see that now. Is there any comeuppance? Is there any discrediting? Or do they still being quoted, still being used as a source? Like the public has a goldfish mind about it. They don't know. I don't know why they would lie about stuff that's so clearly um, definitely going to be proven false in the near future. What's the purpose of saying Russia's about to lose the war? You get a little morale in the beginning, but then look what happens. Yeah, well, I mean, we're at an interesting juncture now where we're being told that Ukraine has killed 90% of Russia's soldiers, none of whom had seen a toilet before, of course, um, and they would fight with shovels. But then also, if we don't continue pumping endless, unaccountably vast weapons shipments into Ukraine, Russia is going to take over the entirety of Europe. Um, they're going to invade Poland next with their shovels. So, I mean, yes, it's, it, it's very strange. I think that the, 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 the core purpose... And this was spelled out in a very bizarre NATO Stratcom Center of Excellence, um, an oxymoron report um, last month, which stated that. <laughs> I love your dry humor. <laughs> And that it openly stated, they openly stated that we, we tried to weaponize humor by focusing on um, Russian failure and embarrassment. And now of the obvious upshot of that is that you convince people that actually Russia is a paper tiger and that they can be very easily defeated. And that uh, this has been this huge embarrassment for the for the Russian armed forces. And uh, and, and so, yeah, just 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 this net, this next shipment of F-16s, it's going to win it. So let's just keep this going and keep this going. Uh, do you think that's why they made the ridiculous lies like, look, we're about to win anyway so now would be a good time to jump on the winning side go ahead and send in those leopard tanks and ammo and money you know so that the, the after we win you'll be part of it and then they send all that stuff and of course it ends up on fire yeah. well i mean there's, i mean probably the most remarkable example of this was the the british challenger tank which is sold as a uh, it, it, it's openly stated on its website, I think it's BAE system, they state it's never been defeated in battle. And there were numerous um, deep state connected uh, pundits who were stating that, well, this is what's going to win it for Ukraine because this, this challenger is unstoppable. First day out, it gets destroyed. And then we're told that this was a complete fluke. And but, uh, it's still a great tank, um, et cetera. This has been a disaster for Western weapons manufacturers. And I think that the, the, the U.S. announced at the start of this year they were going to try and get up to making 100,000 shells every single month. And this has now been revised down to like 20,000 because the industrial capacity just isn't there. Um, so, Yeah, I don't think the Abrams ever showed up either because it's like 70 tons and we get stuck in the mud. They don't want to get exposed. I mean, and it, yeah, the, hum, the humble AK is a, a, a significantly a better weapon, um, but they're, they're not getting any of that. But yeah, I mean, so Bellingcat. Oh, oh. Remember the javelins? They're all hyped up about the javelins. We're going to win yeah. the war. Yeah. Um, like people are going to run right up to a tank and yeah. shoot it with a javelin. <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed. Because they're just incompetent, the Russians. Like, they're, they're never going to see you coming. I mean, the, yeah, there's no landmines or anything. <laughs> God, uh, some of the videos from where there are tanks in the counteroffensive running running into minefields and getting blown up, and then the, its it, its crew jumps out, and then they all get blown to pieces. I mean, it's just horrific, really. But I mean, I think that yeah, that Bellingcat occupied this this uniquely privileged space um, within the the kind of the information ecosystem because the media is totally complicit in the lie that they are in, independent. There's just a bunch of plucky video gamers in their bedrooms with laptops who can outfox GCHQ 
cute. The, the Times recently published an article, the Times of London, I might add, not in the New York Times, recently published an article that stated, Bellingcat wisely refuses government funding. Um, there was another article in The Independent, again, um, uh, contradiction in terms, which stated that uh, Bellingcat <laughs> received some funding from the National Endowment for Democracy, which receives some funding from uh, US Congress. The NED is a US government agency. It was explicitly set up by the CIA to do pub publicly what the CIA did covertly. Its founders are entirely um, candid about that. Uh, it's, it's modus operandi or uh, raison d'etre is to carry out spyless coups. Um, to train activists abroad in overthrowing their governments and colour revolutions. And it's done this many, many, many times. Um, uh, Bellingcat, this was Bellingcat's biggest funder. They were ostensibly charged with offering training in open source investigations to journalists and activists in foreign countries. Um, so the intelligence community can now have a variety of different Bellingcats um, uh, all over the world who can recite, who can follow these trails of breadcrumbs left for them by the CIA and MI6, uh, which can be verified as uh, independently obtained information and then recycled by Western media, Western mm -hmm. media and that kind of triangular uh, yeah, I think the Zinc Network was there, but I remember talking about the National Endowment for Democracy with uh, Pepe Escobar when he was working for Asia Times, and it, it's set up in Ukraine, and it, it's related to a lot of the people who are now in the State Department. They, they have, they're so heavily personally invested in this. So you talk about MIC, it's not even hidden very well. And the Zinc Network and some of these others, NGOs minus the N, you could just call them a GO, really, <laughs> are uh, the financiers of Bellingcat. I think there's a new one in Romania, this Rise Project, that because some of what these people do is not only are they making fake news and war propaganda, but what they do after a while is they will specifically target a journalist or an influencer and try to just run their reputation into the dirt. Uh, who gets a little too close to the sun and exposes what they do? Oh, oh, yeah, and it's. I think that's why the um, the, the 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 email released under FOI is so interesting because to give you a, 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 a bit more detail, that 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 investigation that they shared with um, the NCTV before publication, it was based on sensitive. Uh, G hacked GRU material, allegedly, uh, including emails um, sent to and from uh, GRU operatives and their and their f cell phone data. Um, how they got their hands on this, uh, we are left to speculate. But the, the, it, it, it strongly suggested that, that, that the, a, a Dutch blogger named Max van der Werf and an a, a independent Russian journalist with whom he was working on MH17 were taking direct orders um, from the GRU. And it was... It, this was at a time when the MH17 tribunal was ongoing. Um, the only um, accused to actually seek re legal representation and, and testify in court got acquitted. Um, and he was uh, indicted on the basis of uh, evidence compiled by Bellingcat. So um, that raises all sorts of questions, which the organization would seek to avoid but the the, the, the clear intention was, was to smear these people to discredit them and therefore steer the, the tribunal in a particular direction they've done this so many times um that, that there is a u.s academic called uh, ted postal who's this mit emeritus professor who has questioned a
Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he's he's he's, he's fab. He's he's a very nice guy too. Um, and he he's questioned official investigations into alleged chemical strikes in Syria. Um, Bellingcat have tried to ruin his life um, as a result, and they they managed in 2019 to prevent a, a, an academic paper of his. <clears throat> excuse me, it's got to stop smoking, um, the, the, from being published in an academic journal. Um, and they've, they've, yeah, they've gone after him in many ways over the years. There is a, an independent um, uh, uh, Bulgarian journalist called Gip Dilyana, I can't pronounce her surname, um, who they... Oh, did she, she open the case on yeah. Purple Shovel? Yeah, yeah. And, I, and, and she, yeah. Uh, they, they smeared her, they fabricated and misrepresented evidence to smear her as a GRU asset. Um, the, 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 list, the list is endless. There's a, there's a group of British, kind of dissident British academics called the Working Group on Syria Propaganda and Media. They helped expose Duma as a false flag. They helped the, the OPCW whistleblowers come forward and, and, and it, it reveal all this evidence they collected, which showed that the event was staged. Um, they've gone after them relentlessly and very, very viciously. Um, and I mean, in an email to, to, to myself in, in March, 2020, like um, Elliot Higgins, basically openly threatened me and said, um, uh, your, your reporting on Integrity Initiative, which I, which I previously mentioned, um, has proven quite useful to us. We're uh, looking forward to you finding out how try not to feel too bad. Um, I mean, what that was about, I'm not sure. Did this contribute to me getting stopped and harassed by counter-terror police in May this year? Quite possibly. Um, and it's, yeah, it, the fact that they get away with it, Ask for trial yeah. by combat. <laughs> I mean, the fact that they get away with this with, 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 with total impunity should tell you that they are heavily protected. Um, the, it's, it's like a WikiLeaks, except it's run by the CIA. I mean, what could be better than that? <laughs> yeah, they go after him. Ted Postal, um, all the accusations they made about him are false, by the way. He's an actual yes. rocket scientist and... <laughs> You know, what that does is it gets other people who want to speak out, go, oh, I don't know. I don't want my life turned upside down. Because it nothing. all they have to do is make up a bunch of accusations. Because on accusation alone, they can fry you. And that happens to a lot of people. And some people get jailed, obviously, like Assange. And some have been. Oh, yeah, I mean, and it's, I mean, it, and it's, it's, it's notable as well that, like, for, for people who claim to believe in truth and um, freedom of information, that they have the the Bellingcat people have uh, consistently mocked um, Julian Assange, and they think it's you know, you know absolutely hilarious that, that he's um, incarcerated in Britain's Gitmo uh, for you know, and, you know on twenty three hour lockdown. You know, I mean, it's just 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 richly richly comic, of course. Um, I mean, and I think that as well, that I mean, just, just on the subject of them having thrown people, helped throw people under the bus, there is a um, another investigation I conducted in uh, November, which is about how Bellingcat assisted NATO's effective annexation of the country of Montenegro, which is this kind of small but geopolitically significant nation in, in the Western Balkans. It's not far from, from my, my adopted home of Serbia. It used to be the same country where effectively the, the public absolutely 
is the plot for Lupin the Third, a <laughs> prominent Japanese man yeah, yeah, <laughs> in Montenegro. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> but they, but they effectively, like the 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 the, the Montenegrin public absolutely despise NATO because they actually got bombed uh, as part of the NATO bombing of Yugoslavia in 1999. And like you know, there there were innocent civilians got killed, people's houses were destroyed by NATO cluster bombs. But NATO wanted Montenegro because it uh, faces the Adriatic uh, Sea, and that would effectively mean that every country in the Mediterranean, the Adriatic, kind of south, southeast Europe, would be part of NATO. They effectively um, annexed the country through this kind of long-time uh, dictator called Djokovic, um, and uh, the. the in October 2016, it looked like uh, Djokovic was going to lose the election because he was pushing for NATO membership, which was supported by like 20% of the public. There was a very strange incident on election day, which was framed as an attempted coup by Serbian and, and Montenegrin nationalists and Russian intelligence. Bellingcat was at the forefront of selling this as legitimate as you know, verifying all of this exclusively obtained evidence that they had been that was uh, cowardly uh, ha- uh, secured and decrypted by um, the CIA and MI6, and um, it, they they unmasked the Russians involved as as GRU operatives, uh, etc., and validated the notion that this was an attempted overthrow of the government. Um, several people were convicted as a result of this. And including opposition leaders who got many years in prison due to their their alleged alleged attempt to overthrow the government, all of those convictions have now been overturned because it was found that the prosecutors in Montenegro had engaged in absolutely brazen criminality and like you know, illegal activities to to falsely convict these people. So again, um, where does that leave Bellingcat in an actual you know democratic system? They would be forgotten and completely discredited. But this is just not it's just not, it's just not mentioned. And they continue to be quoted as, as unimpeachable sources on on so many matters. You know, just thinking back with the Malaysian airliner, what they never really asked the more basic question of why would Don Boss? What was the motive to shoot down a commercial plane? Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, like, who would do that? Like, what's the well? Good. It doesn't look like a fighter jet or anything. Like, why would anybody shoot down a commercial plane? <laughs> Indeed, indeed, and I, and I think that there's well that the, the the I mean MH MH17 our, our public understanding of what happened is shaped by an SBU information operation which Bellingcat was central to because in the immediate out uh, I think that even before Malaysia Airlines announced that they'd lost contact with the plane. Um, Ukraine's uh, the then Minister of Internal Affairs, who was, of course, a rampant nationalist called Anton Goroshenko, um, they published MH17's flight number, its destination. Self-appointed. Yeah, yeah, yeah self-appointed, coup-appointed. Um, its flight number, destination, the number of passengers, the manner the weapons used, and they blamed Russia and Don- Donbass separatists. And this led to headlines in the mainstream British press to the effect of, you know, Putin killed my son. Um, well, you know, I mean, the, how, do you re- how do you respond to that? But the, the SBU flooded um, the information space with intercepted audio of the separatists discussing a down plane and images that, that it found on social media pointing to the, 
the, the, the, the separatists being responsible. Now, Bellingcat, which had just launched days before in this mad coincidence, immediately seized on all of this, this carefully curated and in some cases quite evidently falsified information to validate the, this, this official narrative. And then it just stuck forever and it was embraced without scepticism by the Western media, by um, elected politicians, pundits, and yes, the, the MH17 team tribunal. I think that that, that showed their, that amply showed their value to uh, the Western intelligence services because then. Okay. So you flip the, if you flip the script for the motive for a false flag to say we're someone else is going to shoot down a commercial plane and blame it on the Russian separatists or Ukrainian separatists, they have a media outfit, just whole cut out of cloth, just appears a few days later. It happens to have information specifically on this event that's about to happen, and only that. And they run that narrative, and then Putin killed my son, and then all the newspapers, they probably had it written already. So it's like, are you so desperate to turn the public against Russia in this war that you're willing to sacrifice innocent people on a commercial airliner to blame it on them? Or did you shoot a plane down on accident and go, what do we do? I don't know. Just say Russia did it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's their best case. You know, but I think that the, you know, these, these, these the, 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 the people within Western intelligence and, you know, like MIC circles are completely insane, uh, completely insane. And they all, they would be, they would no doubt be willing to make some rationalization in their head as to why taking down MH17 was actually vital for national security, like somehow. And it's like you've got to bear in mind that the the, the, the Ukrainian government they closed the air the the airspace of Crimea, but they didn't close the airspace of, of eastern Ukraine. The, the separatists themselves are on video in in June, mere days before MH17 got shot down, expressing concern that, that Kiev's attempting to provoke an in-air incident. Um, yeah, I mean a lot of you know, Ukrainian military aircraft were being shot down um, at, 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 at that time. It was a it was a, 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 a a, a crazy period, actually, um, which got very little serious media reporting. Now, what one thing that's very, very, very interesting um, to note is that a lot of the footage of the of the, um, of the plane after it had crashed, and and there is there's film yes. of the film of it, film of it kind of falling out of the, out the sky, and and the, a lot of this was shot by British operatives who just so happened to be on the ground. Why were they there? Um, I've, I've written about a company called Pilgrims Group, which is run by British Special Forces veterans and was involved in training the, uh, the, the Syrian moderate armed opposition um, in an operation where they admitted that it was extremely likely the people they trained and the weapons they used would be gobbled up by ISIS and al-Nusra. Um, but, you know, hey, just... Oh, come on. John McCain met with them and said, I know these people. These are good people. He met with some Nazis in Ukraine and said much the same, um, of course. But, the, the, yeah, the, the, in, in effect, Pilgrim's Group, they, they, um, the, the, they, they have in, a, a rather shadowy remit, but one of their major um, uh, responsibilities is chaperoning journalists. Um, in uh, com- in combat zones and kind of, kind of uh, hostile hostile environments, I think is the official phraseology. And so the Pilgrims Group was o- o- um, on the ground on the front line of um, o- of major events like this, the, uh, the 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 Odessa massacre and then the the, the downing of MH17. And they were shepherding journalists to and from uh, the scenes of major events in Ukraine. 
and therefore it maintained control over what journalists saw and didn't see and how they understood the situations they encountered and there is a, a press there is a press release that was um that they issued in in uh, yeah the start of start of june 2014 where they were boasting about how they they were the security company of choice for media organizations operating in ukraine and they were working with journalist teams throughout the country during key quote-unquote disturbances um they refused to name who their clients were um one wonders whether whether that among their their clients was with the cia and mi6 but they played a huge role in influencing global perceptions um, yeah, and they do this all over all over the world. It's another form of embedded reporting. Where you know, I mean, this happened in 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 Iraq, where all of these mainstream, the first Gulf yeah Wars, yeah, where all of these mainstream journalists were were embedded with British and American forces, and therefore they saw all of these stage stunts like pulling down the statue of Saddam Hussein as a spontaneous. Um, you know, a grassroots effort when really it was the you know the Americans and the British who who had yeah they had armored vehicles blocking all entrances and exits to the park and it was it was uh, it was actually Ahmed Shalabi and a lot of the people that just stayed at the Palestine Hotel and they were out there beating it with shoes. You have a future oil minister, <laughs> the vice president, like the government in waiting is the uh, the rent a crowd that goes out there and hits it with shoes and. They didn't take it down either. The Americans pulled it down and they made a mistake putting up a American flag on it. Oops, no, change that, make an Iraqi flag. <laughs> it was so bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but not as bad as the Israelis uh, stripping people down to their underwear and say, here, now hold this machine gun and walk oh, around. Ah, take two, do it in your other yeah, hand. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like, like, look like you're surrendering by holding weapons. Um, yeah, I mean, this is yeah. the- we've gotten all your clothes, but didn't get the gun yet. Yeah, yeah, put it's, that the it's the shirts we wear because, I mean, a shirt can be turned into a white flag, which is the deadliest weapon of all of course but the i mean the, the well apparently if you're a hostage it is yeah and a hostage speaking, speaking hebrew no less um i mean I think this is uh it's just really quite extraordinary um i mean scott scott horton shared this tweet this woman was saying how well because the hostages were wearing hijab or something they go well they thought they were palestinians when they shot him oh so you're admitting that you would shoot palestinian women yeah yeah, well, I, mean, I saw I saw a lot of takes of like, well, yeah, the, I mean, they, they ferried the hostages around in hijab, so of course they got shot. And it's like, oh, I see. Um, <laughs> I see. Yeah. But, I mean, it was, so it's okay to just shoot some woman wearing a hijab yeah, well, I mean, like they did at that, that uh, school where they just went in and gunned everyone down. It's probable cause, um, but they, of course. But they, I mean, I think that it's a test. I mean, you mentioned earlier about like our short our short memory spans. I mean, the. If you, it, it, I, I was just thinking about this the other day. Like, does anyone remember ISIS? You know, the CIA and MI6 created this like mini caliphate that had its own currency and license plates, which killed over like a hundred thousand people. And then its members posted videos of themselves doing it on the internet. I mean, that, that was pretty crazy, wasn't it? And it's just been forgotten about. <laughs> like, this is absolutely extraordinary period of of recent history, which has just been been memory hold in this. Uh, yeah, they just happen to have all these brand new Toyota Hilux trucks with new paint and tow missiles and all these complex weapons they got at Walmart or whatever oh, yeah. in it's Syria. Yeah, definitely not financed from the outside at all. No, I mean they were they were recruiting um, uh, ISIS brides and and even like social media managers via Western job websites at one point, and they had their own magazine which had it insanely high production values. It was, I mean, it's exactly what you do as a terrorist group. Your first port of call is to create flashy PDF and talking about your, talking about your activities. But
but the yeah i mean the, the, it, it's really quite extraordinary and i think that we're we're, we're an interesting we're an interesting junction now where actually i think that the war in gaza is really bad news for organizations but kit you don't understand they were moderate head choppers yes Absolutely, like yeah. the, 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 the they 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 disemboweled people in a polite way. Oh yeah, they were good old fashioned British terrorists in in a sense. Like they had a sense of fair play. Um, you know, <laughs> alert everyone to what you're doing. But the the yeah the the I mean. Uh, it, 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 questions hang over whether people like John Cantley and um, oh, I forget his name now. That American journalist who got beheaded, the all American hero dude who got beheaded. Nick, um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I think the questions hang over whether that was a targeted, a targeted hit because he was obviously kidnapped by Jihadi John, who was a. You know what it reminded me of was Iran Contra, where American journalist was shot on film by the Contras, and you know, publicly they're saying, "Oh, we're against the Contras. They're killing all the Santanistas. How horrible!" Privately, of course, they were arming them and training their pilots. Same thing in Syria. Publicly, oh yeah, ISIS tech fairy terrorists, bad, bad boys. But we're only siding with the FSA and these other groups. But they just acted as a conduit for Al Nasser Front or Al Shah and ISIS. So it's the same thing. Publicly against it, or and then privately they were supporting the whole thing. Of course. Well, I mean, I think it was Jake Sullivan who said Al Qaeda is on our side in um, Syria. With with some, <laughs> they killed those two Japanese journalists too. I was in Japan when that happened, and. Uh, it was right after they served, they were like served Abe a shoe or something. And he gave a hundred million dollars to Palestine and a hundred million dollars to Syria for earmark for reconstruction, but still. And suddenly these two Japanese journalists that they'd had in custody for a long time end up getting their heads chopped off. Christ. Um, yes, yes, no, a, a crazy, a crazy time that's been rather, been rather forgotten about. I mean, I wonder where these, these people are now, but I mean, like I started, I was going to just finish that 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 thought. Worm. Effectively, I think that it's the what's happening in Gaza is is very very bad for, from the perspective of of organisations like Bellingcat because, of course, um, Israel and its Western sponsors want to suppress what is the, the horrific. Um, uh, just the, the, the slaughter that they are wa- very wantonly and deliberately and gleefully inflicting on the on the Palestinians. Um, where does this leave a in open source fact checking verification organization like Bellingcat, well, um, uh, up shit creek actually, and it's 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 very mark- marked that um, a large number of OSINT accounts that got an enormous amount of pickup for um, spinning very dubious narratives about w- what was was and wasn't happening in Ukraine have suddenly gone silent. I mean, I noted with some amusement that there are a large number of anonymous uh, Ukraine OSINT, pro-Ukraine OSINT accounts that, for reasons unclear, when this started running out of steam and just before the US, um, uh, the, 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 fun, uh, uh, the, the, the prospect of US funding being cut altogether uh, started to be mooted, uh, announced suddenly and abruptly that they were going to close their doors. Um, and this is after the, the, they, they were relied upon by the by the mainstream media for um, their, their, their analysis um, week in, week out for the previous 18 months. Um, there was an a, a, a open source Twitter account called Oryx, which was completely um, anonymous. And it published all sorts of data about Russian vehicle losses, suggesting they'd lost, you know, like ten thousand tanks and you know a million planes. Um, and then, which, which, which was yes, yeah, cited without 
critical scrutiny by the BBC and the New York Times and the Washington Post, and then um, randomly decided to just close its doors and then delete its account. So it couldn't, you could, it, it, its uh, analysis couldn't be reviewed. Um, just <laughs> did you see uh, that? Just remind me before. <laughs> RFK Jr. retweeted a story, this fake Israeli headline of Time magazine or something, saying that Hamas leaders were all billionaires. It was actually the August issue was Mark Zuckerberg, but they put his head and put Hamas leaders like, they've got this many billions of dollars. (laughs) You have a presidential candidate who puts that out on Critically. I'm like, man, what does Rabbi Shmuley, the dildo salesman, have on him? I I, I would imagine he's had sex with hundreds of children. Um, I mean, it's just, it's really... Well, they did have dinner with Leon Black, who did, is an Epstein financier. That is true. Yeah. No, been, been been on and they did ride a plane, had an Easter outing with him one time. Yeah, he's, he's been on, <laughs> been on the, the Lita Express. Um, yeah, I mean, how much more more um, obvious? Twice. Yeah, twice, yeah. twice. Um, but the, I mean, I, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff about R. But Leon Black, like, raped an autistic oh, girl so God. bad her butt was bleeding. Like, this guy, he gave hundreds of millions of dollars to Epstein had to step down from global Apollo. He set up a lot of the LLCs that was paying hush money to Epstein victims. Like and this, he, he and his wife owned the art school that the Kennedys were going. They're seen there, they're pictured there, they're eating together. And it's like, he just not as well known as Glenn Maxwell and Jeff Epstein, yeah. but that guy's right up there with Les Wexner as like a top lieutenant in that rape room. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, and then there's all sorts of questions about Bill Gates, who RFK spends a lot of time attacking, um, and his relationship, his relationship with Epstein, which his wife was so unhappy about that she divorced him. I mean, but they, I mean, <laughs> yeah, he's there with Glenn Dubin and their daughter, who was 16 at the time. There's very attractive uh, Swedish woman and her daughter. We stay late into the night. <laughs> Why did you write that, Bill? But it's just—I mean, it's, it's it's just crazy to me as well that, like, I mean, I'll never forget that when when Epstein got got arrested, there was like you know a large number of people, um, elite elite Hollywood actors and, and similar who would openly state like, oh yeah, it was well known that Epstein and Jelaine trafficked in um, young girls, and, and then to which the obvious response is, well, why didn't you say anything? And it's like crickets. Crickets, because it's Hollywood, and that kind of thing is so normal that it doesn't matter. <laughs> like Harvey Weinstein, everyone, everybody joked about what he was doing. You know, oh yeah, you got a casting couch. <laughs> That's funny, isn't it? Not, but yeah, Bill Gates's wife divorced him. Over, yeah, allegedly, she says over his relationship with Epstein that did not end like he said it did. And when they asked that crooked little dude. What did you learn? Did you learn anything about this? You know, who you hang around? And he just said, he just laughed and go, well, he's dead. Uh-huh. <laughs> that, that's, um, no, I mean, I think that the, 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 in, the BBC, the BBC interview with um, a, a bizarrely and, and, and um, unprecedentedly hardball interview with, with, uh, with, with, with Prince Andrew is, is, is absolutely extraordinary. Oh, that was the best oh, yeah. where he's like, unintentional comedy ever. Where he's like, he's like asked. Why did you stay at his house in New York after he, you knew he'd been convicted as like a sex offender? And then he goes, "Well, it was, it was convenient. It was convenient. Like, I mean, like you're you, you have, yeah, you don't have any money. Yeah, exactly. It was just like it was cheaper than staying in a hotel. And Airbnb was fully booked. It just, I know it's just it's absolutely it's absolutely unreal. But again, it's that that train wreck of an interview. He's like, well, "Why'd you go there at all?" He's like, "Well, I had to tell him we weren't couldn't be friends anymore in person, you know." dishonorable to do it on the phone or whatever and like, Send him an email. eric weinstein did this breakdown of the whole thing and he's like 
he thought Prince Andrew, there's no way anybody's that stupid. And he said, like, I'm just going to make the most ridiculous answers possible as a way of saying, don't ever even ask me about this ever again, because this is all you're going to get, you know, this made up stuff. But I disagree. I think people can absolutely be that stupid. And Andrew, his whole life has just been able to weasel out of everything. He thought, yeah, I'll sit down and answer questions about Epstein that he's photographed with um, Virginia Roberts, for example. A, a teen, American teenager that you're just hanging out with because reason. reasons, you yeah. know, when you're like 50. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's probably some charitable event, I'm sure. But I mean, yeah, the, the, he. he no, no, no. It wasn't. It was at Glenn's yeah, house. Yeah. And it's like, and it's, 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 but it's, it's also as well that, that I mean, it, it was, sort of, I think Whitney Webb dug this up. Um, I mean, she's done some great work on Epstein, but they, they, no, I dug it up and then she got, are you me. kidding? Oh, I'm sorry. But the, but the, there, there are some, there are some quite extraordinary um, mainstream media articles from the early 2000s in the British press where it was just like openly talking about how like, oh, well, on a recent trip to Thailand, uh, Prince Andrew was seen in the presence of some very young girls. And it's just like, how is this? Prince Andrew had an outing with his wife and it was like six days. He spent three days with Peter Nygaard in the Bahamas. Peter Nygaard now in prison for being a serial child rapist. And, and uh, who had a scat fetish, by the way. He's a Canadian billionaire. They finally got him, but he's like 80. So, he, you know, he had a whole life of doing this. Why is Prince Andrew, who's like 20-something years younger, uh, hanging out with his old dude in the Bahamas? Were you going to play foosball yeah. or something with him? Like, what are you doing hanging out with Peter Nygaard instead of your family? Yeah, yeah. He kind of, he, he's like took the majority of his vacation to hang out with his weird retail clothing guy in the Bahamas <laughs> and everybody knew what Nygaard did. There is a, there's that, there's that picture of um, uh, uh, Prince Andrew seeming to sniff um, his own daughter. Like, I mean, he's just, he's, he's doing a proper Biden lean into the neck uh, at, at, a funer- at a funeral, no less. I think, I mean, it's just Biden just likes shampoo. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, apparently he showered with his yeah. daughter when she was old enough to remember. Yeah. <laughs> And old enough to have had sex because previous, like previous passage in the diary, she's talking about having sex with her friends and then showers with daddy. Yeah, Ugh. I mean, well, I'm sure that's just no wonder Hunter Biden's so screwed. I mean, up. I'm, I'm sure that's just to conserve water or some some you know ecologically friendly. Uh, oh yes, that's what it was. <laughs> but they, I mean, yeah, that like it, it, I mean, it, it's it, it's absolutely incredible that the same the same people who are acting like members of the Trump family dodging subpoenas and now um, uh, as like the world. Can you imagine? Uh, not to def- I know how bad Trump is, whatever. But can you imagine if any of the Trump children? had a laptop like hunter where they're just like nude and doing cocaine and all this there's there's no way that would get buried no way oh, yeah well it's i mean i think that the, the real the, the, there's there's a video of um this comedian called gnome dwarman um who's like confronts this this washington post idiot called uh, philip bump and that he asks him like well why there is a text message that Hunter sent to his adult daughter, where he openly states that I have to give half of my income to to Pop, i.e., Joe Biden, and then he Dorman asks the the, the 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 quote unquote journalist from the Washington Post, like, what does this? What do you think this means? And it's like watching someone walk into a glass door repeatedly while going through the five <laughs> stages of grief because he knows he can't say anything. He knows that he's not allowed to talk about this, and it's yeah. That, that I mean. 
the House Oversight Committee, they recently published a thread on Twitter, or X, um, as, they, as, as, as Musk is now calling it, uh, where they, they go over like this, this elaborate um, network of shell companies that the Biden set up and how they were receiving payments from all of these corrupt uh, figures in all of these countries where Biden's like flying out to Romania and talking a big game about, about fighting corruption. And then like, he's, oh, he's yeah. getting, Rosemont, yeah, 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 yeah. And he's getting tons of cash from like one of this, this convicted fraudster in, in Romania. And it's like, if there was any of this, you know, smoking gun bombshell evidence against the Trumps that they would all be in jail. They would all be in jail. <laughs> You know, that is a big case or ought to be. Romania is more concerned with like Andrew Tate yes. than that. You know, the fact that the president of the United States is cavorting with actual organized crime. And yeah, the guy has so little self-control. Like when he's sniffing people, I hate how we can just say this yeah, so casually, but you know, when he's out there sniffing kids, <laughs> he knows that he's on camera and people are watching and he still does it. Oh, yeah. So how bad is it when the camera's not around? Like he can't, he's like, he's like grabbing side boob and smelling girls and like telling them how pretty they look and stuff. Like, dude, Biden, you're, you're in front of people. You can't do this right now. Take your pill. Well, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that the brazenness is a big part of it. Just, 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 just get away with it. Like, I mean, uh, this is like you said, like, you said that there- like having butt sex in the Senate oh. uh, hearing. I'm room. shocked that that's a scandal. <laughs> It's the last days of Rome. Last days of Rome. People are mad about this statue of Baphomet that they keep saying Satan. People ought to learn which demons what, but whatever in government buildings and the butt sex in the Senate. But I thought, what is more appropriate to a government office than that? That's like pretty, pretty much a good match. It's where they grow Supreme Court um, uh, nominees. So I mean, it's just the perfect setting, really. I mean, you know, get. It's like remember when Biden got that podium with the red background, and, and I'm like, you're just missing swastikas. Everything oh, no. else is in there. Of course, that, yeah, that was like the whole. That was the whole point was just to evoke to evoke the Nazis, and it's just like, I mean, this is. Just- when I first saw that, I thought it was AI. I thought, nah, they're not that dumb. It's like a deep fake. They are. No, 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 it's no. real. That's what's, that's what's, it gets to the point where you read his story, especially some of the Israeli propaganda, like 40 beheaded babies and stuff, where you think, okay, hey, haha, was this the onion or the, the Avalon B or something? No, no, that's a, they actually tried that, say that was real. <laughs> Yeah, but it's just. It's like, I think that again, due to due to short short, the pipeline blew itself up. Yeah. Yeah. The Russians blew up their own pipeline. That's what. That's got to be top fake news. Oh, well, like, that's not even a good. I mean, line. I mean, the Wash. I think it was the Washington Post that they 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 published an article which said. We just don't think it's anyone. It's anyone's in in anyone's real interests to determine who blew up the pipeline. It's like the biggest act of like environmental terrorism in history. It's just like, well, I'll just leave it. It's best left unsolved, really. Like, I mean, what point? Yeah. I mean, that that that. Or Germany paid for both lines already. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Well, they're, I mean, they're paying, they're paying <laughs> for it big time now. Um, all round. Where's Greta Thunberg, you know, Thornburg, whatever her name is. Let's, it is a huge environment. You're letting all this methane into the ocean and eventually the sky, like, should be all over that. Yeah. No, total lack of interest. And you talk about the five stages of grief and say, okay, look at this. Who did it? Well, uh, you, know, you know, Putin did it, of course. Why would he blow up his own line instead of, I don't know, turning it off? Yes. Well, uh, <laughs> it was already off as well. It was already off. Just like, I mean, and they found one of the bombs they used was undetonated. 
So they could totally trace back and know exactly who it was. And since they're not telling us who it was, let's you know who it has to be. Well, it's like some low-level Ukrainian official who's been blamed for it now. I wonder who they pissed off. Oh yeah, on a yacht. Yeah, they just like, rented they private, private. But I mean, like, like to its to its enormous credit, like Deutsche Welle, which is like the, the German state broadcaster, they tried to recreate what we're now told has ha- happened, and they said it was absolutely impossible. It's like that they. It was what do they call it the SS Mena, yeah. Killigan, Skipper. Yeah. Yeah. Completely, yeah, completely. They they, they 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 just couldn't they couldn't recreate it, and then they they say, well, you're going to need like with you need you needed to know with like laser pinpoint precision exactly where it was. You couldn't just do a, a fishing expedition and, and 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 stumble across where where it was without without and also without creating an enormous amount of noise and and attention in a heavily heavily surveilled um, part. It's a pipe. Like, can you imagine, like, finding something the size of a pipe, even a kind of big pipe, whatever, in the ocean or in the Black Sea? No way. You know, or any any body of water, like, we're going to know where this pipe is. Uh-uh. Precisely. And- <laughs> you got to have toys. Oh, yeah, and this is after that. I mean, I'm, I'm absolutely con- – I mean, now that, that Seymour Hersh has dropped an investigation where he um, – Attributes this to the to the Biden administration. I'm utterly convinced the British were involved because this is exactly what they've been trying to do since the start. Like they they believe that via constant constant escalation will keep the U.S. in this, and that it will also eventually cause Russia to capitulate because they are you know they're weak, and then they keep on showing that they're not. But it's like yeah, that it's exact that there are even well, it fits with the cursed bridge bombing, which they definitely yeah. did. So that was my first thoughts as well. The British did this. And I think Hirsch might have been fed a false story because he he has uncovered so many good, you know, real like Miley Masker and all these things. He's such a good reputation. They're like, we'll feed him a turd sandwich, misdirection. Oh, yeah. But it's like, I mean, it's. Or not. Maybe he's right. But. Yeah, well, it's just, I mean, I, I think that the, the, the jury's still out on it. And I, but I think that the, the, what, the one thing that didn't make sense to me was the fact that the U.S. would do this themselves. Because in that region, you have like the Baltic states and Poland, all of whom have this visceral hatred of Russia. Like it's like hardwired into their culture, this hatred of Russia and Russians. And who would be more than willing to get their hands dirty for, I mean, I mean, it, it, Poland has like multiple streets named after um u.s officials and like a statue of ronald reagan in its capital like i mean they would be they, if they were asked to jump they would say they would say how high in response so it's like why would the u.s get its own hands dirty of course um definitely outsource it and i noticed liz trust like right she's only prime minister what a couple of weeks or something but this happened on her watch and she quietly slinked away yes Yes, indeed, indeed, and allegedly texted Blinken saying it's done. I'm not sure how true that is, but yeah, the, the, it, it it seems like exactly the kind of thing the British would do because they, they oh, who it was the there was a Polish it was, I don't know if it was a a member of oh, it's the uh, he was on Twitter and he was like thanks yeah th- yeah yeah thank you USA um, I mean that's that, that, that's another thing as well that like I just think that the fact that he that he stated that openly and then deleted the tweet. That that suggests that there was a lack of dedicated communication strategy for when this happened. So therefore, um, you know, if the CIA wanted to blame Russia for this, they would have created tons of fake evidence, like you know the the uh, the, you know the ricin and and etc. They could have very easily faked it in advance, and that's exactly what they would have done. The fact that they didn't. Exactly. That's what I found insulting when people like America did this. I go, no, we do a better job yeah, yeah. at the false flag. Yeah. 
You know, like, <laughs> come on, evil, sure, sloppy, eh, not that sloppy, but it's like it didn't matter. I mean, Biden is on tape saying, "Look, don't worry about it; it'll yeah, happen." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're not going to get we that. Can do it, yes. We can pull yeah. it off. Like that means you're going to have somebody do it. No, so I mean, he's, the Don doesn't do things. Also on tape talking about how his fa- his own father. Um, had to, you know, rescue things from a kibbutz, which was attacked by Hamas um, <laughs> recently. Um, <laughs> His dad on October 7th. No yes. Less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like he. Not in the past, like <laughs> this year. His dad did He's that. been dead for 20 years. Yeah. But they, I mean, I think as well that the, there have been, there have been mainstream reports in the BBC about how the, the, the Britain is worried about um, uh, US caution and, and, and hesitance in Ukraine. I mean, I'm not sure what else short of boots on the ground hot war would would count as 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 incautious but the the yeah the the um uh the the the, the british are all in on this because this is their kind of like grand hurrah they think this is what's going to um uh um, ins- Russian defeat would ensure the endurance of the american empire for another generation and i mean since world war ii the Brit- a core element of British thinking has been trying to preserve American power because it is on American coattails that the US that the Britain remains relevant, and and also to separate Russia and Germany. Yes, yeah, I mean, that's been since the First World War. Really, like Britain's got a vested interest in keeping them apart. Oh yeah, but it's 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 an it, it's it's forgotten now. But like, why there there is a the, the the German government refuses to release papers on this. But there was extensive collaboration between Weimar Germany and, and the Soviet Union. Um, in and you know together they would have been completely unstoppable. So of course then the Americans and the British started um, sponsoring and supporting a young man named Adolf Hitler. Um, to to um to to kill that off uh, due to his kind of completely rabid and crazed hatred of um, of uh, Bolsheviks. So yeah, I mean this is a oh what a deadly web we weave when we we practice to deceive. Um, I mean it, it's all unraveling quite rapidly. That I mean in Slovakia they've just elected an openly anti-NATO, anti-EU um, pr- uh, prime minister called uh, Robert Fico, uh, who it, it stood on an explicit platform of ending aid to Ukraine. I don't think that he's he's the first example of this. It looks like AFD, this kind of rather controversial far right party in Germany is going to uh, perform very, very, very well in the forthcoming election. And of, of course, in advance, German security and intelligence services have de- designated them a terrorist organization and, and uh, heavy, will, will be, have, have heavily infiltrated them and will be spying on all their communications uh, because they're frightened about what, 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 what might happen should they come to power. And I think they're all over. All over. They spied on the Trump campaign. Yeah, of course. Like, he was not lying about that. Like, a lot of the stuff they said he was wrong and fake news, like, no, you, you did spy on his campaign. You, Hunter did have a laptop. You did have quid pro quo with Ukraine. You did fire the prosecutor. Like, all that stuff was true. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, sh- I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that more wasn't made of it because I just that the, the, when Biden is openly on tape stating that, like, well, you know, I flew into Kiev and said that if this prosecutor who's looking into mass corruption at Burisma isn't fired, then you're not getting the aid money. And then, like he, he was fired. He was the the, the the official was fired on the spot, and they got the aid money, which they desperately need because, um, you know, the the IMF is not. Yeah. And they put someone in who was solid. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, someone, someone's a- He's bragging at CFR about that, but the calls themselves, the recordings are on tape from the Anti Corruption Agency of Ukraine. I know you know. I'm just telling the whole yeah, audience, like. Cool. 
and that that was out and in, in YouTube and all these you know social media sites that are totally not you know infiltrated by the FBI. They all removed it. They had all of it moved. It was on BitChute. That's how it survived. You couldn't put it on Twitter at that time. You couldn't put it anywhere. I mean, for a little while, but it would all get taken down. Well, it's like I mean, I I, th- I, I there, there is a really sinister aspect to the to the Hunter Biden laptop um, uh, uh, scandal, and I, I'm going to say I'm I'm, I'm probably going to have to dash off when um, 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 at, the, at the end of this. But yeah, I think it's just it's it's worth it's it worth bearing in mind that the the you know that letter the letter that was sent from um, uh, American intelligence officials that was published by Politico, which where they stated, I liked it. The fifty yeah, people. We suspect. Um, th- uh, we suspect that this is. We don't have any proof, but we suspect that this is a, a Russian intelligence operation. What well, a, 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 a forgotten aspect of this is that many of the, the individual, the intelligence officials who were part of this, are li- were linked to an organization called Data Miner, which is effectively a social media spying tool. Now, I have speculated and and i think this the, 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 I, I would hope that other people start looking into this too because you know i am i am just one person with a laptop computer the the, the i wonder whether a, an aspect of of the hunter biden laptop suppression was was not only keeping that story off social media and indeed out of the uh, election debate. I mean, you know, Biden himself quoted that letter in, in when when Trump raised this issue um, on on the campaign trail, and that was enough to kind of kill it off as a as a uh, uh, a, a cause of concern. That I wonder whether people who are on social media were raising questions about the laptop and and also well criticizing Twitter for for sharing uh, sorry for for um, banning the sharing of uh, the, the the material whether they were keeping a very 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 close eye on these people um, and then um, potentially spying on them and harassing them in real life because the data mine accounts the FBI as a client. So it's yeah. The, 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 this is this is a, a rather ta- rather tangled aspect of this, and I think that in the lead up to January sixth, where it's increasingly clear that they wanted this to go ahead to try and dis- discredit Trump, um, they were very very keen. Uh, there are some footage that's just been released which shows some rather suspicious and and uh, unaccounted go. It looks like Colin oh, yeah. Pro. Oh, I mean, like yeah. uh, there are ghost buses. You know, there is a, a ghost bus which appeared on the day, and nobody quite knows who was in it and where it went. And, uh, and it was similar to yeah. Charlottesville. They bus pe- both groups in the fight. Yeah, and then the, F- the, F- the an FBI informant within Proud Boys has admitted that he was uh, encouraged to commit crimes uh, by his handlers. Um, he's admitted that under oath. I mean, so yeah, I wonder, I wonder whether that, when they were just preparing January 6th to basically be a, the, the exit, the public execution of Trump, um, uh, as a, as a political player, whether, and, um, and, and, and an attempt to discredit all his supporters as, you know, Nazi insurrectionist. And they didn't get to hear the election anomalies, no. like which were legally being done. They just, closed down and i think they reconvened at like midnight and just confirmed biden and like they were hearing from arizona at the time yeah or just to see like who knows whether they would have been correct or not because we never got to hear the arguments because january 6th physically shut yeah. it down that's uh, it was wild isn't it but they, i mean there's i mean there's there's all sorts of aspects to this where it was initially reported by i think it might have been the new york times that staff on the capitol had been explicitly told not to come in that day and this has just been memory hold and forgotten, but it's like, why? 
and there were all sorts of security measures they usually implement that weren't. Um, and then you have Ray Epps like stirring people up and t- saying we need to go into the capital, but, yeah. but 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 peacefully, of course, we need to go in peacefully past. Because only after they started chanting "Fed, oh, yeah. Fed, oh, Fed," yeah. and he started people backtracking. Exactly oh, peacefully, of course, people, peacefully. People knew exactly <laughs> what he was doing, um, and yeah, I mean, he's it, I've now been. They shot Ashley Babbitt dead, yeah. unarmed. It was to it know. was to stir up the crowd. I mean, I've read some of the letters from the J six um, uh, from the from the, the J six inmates who were like in absolutely horrific conditions with, you know, on on twenty twenty three hour if not twenty three and a half hour lockdown and um, you know in these kind of roach infested uh, solitary isolation cells where they stated that they thought that, that there were there were all of these attempts to stir up the crowd because once they actually got into the Capitol building they weren't engaging in you know violent acts and they weren't attacking people and so they did things they suspected they did things like shot ashley babbitt to try and you know get people angry like like when the cia uses snipers to shoot people in peaceful protests quote-unquote peaceful protests yeah there was a provocateur there who had been at like blm and antifa rallies and stuff same guy he filmed the shooting sold it to i don't know like fifty thousand dollars to mass media was ooh, ooh, you know, trying to like, like rile them up, and the opposite happened. They all tended to her and tried to save her life, and they didn't take yeah. the bait. It didn't matter. I mean, they just filmed certain sections. Oh, look, a guy's breaking a window, but the camera in. And then there was all this footage of people just sort of walking around, admiring the art, staying within yeah. the ropes, police unlocking doors for people and stuff like that. Thing was, I don't want to say staged, but like it was. You had Cointel Pro. They wanted to dis- disrupt the hearing, and they were like you said, like this will it, this will be it. We'll blame this whole thing on Trump. He'll never be back. Yeah. And then, and then, and then, and then he and his supporters are absolutely finished. And yeah, no, I mean, it's it, the, 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 I think particularly as we head to the to, to, to the twenty twenty four election, there needs to be a very very serious accounting of what happened because you got to bear in mind that in the immediate aftermath of this. The, the, the Biden administration was openly talking about setting up a new intelligence agency that was going to keep a very close eye on on anyone um, who they. But, well, they also blamed it on yeah, white supremacists say, yeah. and some people who were just there, whatever you know, lost their jobs and stuff over that. Being, like, oh, you're a white supremacist and committed suicide because oh, yeah. their life was over. I mean, getting called racist in America. I know people are like America's racist, like. America's militantly anti-racist. Like, if you're labeled a racist, that's it. I mean, you could lose your bank, get out of school, lose your job. Like, your life is done if you get that label. And the president of the United States said that. He did the same thing to Kyle Rittenhouse. He called him a, a white oh, supremacist. Yeah, this was a kid, man, that like, people were attacking, so he shot him. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a shit situation, but he's not a white supremacist. When, how did race get involved in this? Because it's involved in everything they do. Yeah. Well, it's just. I mean, it's. It's. It, yeah. The, 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 there needs to be an, a, a very serious accounting of what happened because there. The, the, it, <clears throat> there is an article. I think it was in Time Magazine where they talk. They, they effectively laid out how this was a color. The 2020 election was effectively a color revolution, and there were all of these efforts to, quote unquote, fortify the election. And we 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 know what that actually means. Um, and of course, they're going to be doing it again in 2024 because they didn't quite get away with what they were trying to do. Like I was going to say, the Biden administration stated it was going to create a new intelligence agency to monitor white supremacy and and, and uh, you know, violent, violent white extremism. Of course, they are silent when Azov Battalion 
It just means... Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like they, 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 the FBI had an agreement with... This was reported in Rolling Stone. The, the FBI had an agreement with the with Facebook. And this was like off books, like a bribery of a single Facebook staffer, completely legal, um, to pass over information on alleged white supremacists. And it was people who were sharing conservative memes who were just getting shot into the FBI as potential terrorists. I mean, what happened to them, you know, offline in real life, um, we, we, we may ne- never know. But they, they were seriously ramping up for a major kind of new DHS-style cra- crackdown um, on, on Trump supporters. And they, 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 they didn't manage to quite, to quite get there. So, um, you know, expect false flags. Yeah, you could see the rhetoric, the Cuomo's and stuff were saying it like the the biggest threat to this country. Don Lamont did the same thing as like white supremacist terrorism. Like I agree that you know the hell with white supremacists, but I just don't see them oh, anywhere. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, this is the funny thing is that like, when they actually do happen, um, they, they get ignored. So there was a case, I think it was early at the I think it was at the start of this year, where um, two members of Atomwaffen, which is this ne- openly neo-Nazi um, terrorist group in the US, which has in, intriguingly uh, t- very close ties to Azov, and its members have gone to Azov training camps in Ukraine. They were plotting to blow up the electricity in uh in maryland which is of course like a majority um uh, black city and they were planning to blow to blow to blow up the electricity to deprive its the city's residents of heat and light you know therefore threatening light a human life um and this uh they got they, i think they got 20 years each or something like that and then this was completely ignored it didn't get any meat like media attention yeah. like there are no u.s officials stating that they'll this is indicative of the kind of dangerous society we live in today like, like it was just completely ignored and i would imagine that's because of azov um of course rfk jr's son fought alongside azov in ukraine um i found that out the other day and my jaw hit the floor why is why why have i not personally done anything on this <laughs> but um on that bo- well you see if the swastikas are blue yes. and yellow instead of red or black they're just, they're just Hindus, pious Hindus. Um, but they just, um, <laughs> yeah, they're just they're just dyslexic. Hindus. <laughs> uh, well, look, they, they use the Meiji symbol in yeah. Buddhism too. Well, look, I, I, on that bombshell, I'm, I've got a run, Ryan. But thank you so much for creating the space, and thank you to everyone who uh, who tuned in. Um, let's do this again sometime, guys. Add add his Twitter. He should have a lot more followers. Go ahead and click on his name. Give him a follow. Cheers. And then he's got to go. I'll do a quick Q&A. And, yeah, we'll do this again sometime. Thank you so much for coming on. I was going to be on Rumble. They're getting DOS attacked and whatever. But I'll put a copy of this. Awesome. Nice one, Ryan. Take care, mate. Have a good day. Cheers, everyone. Bye-bye. You too. Click his name. Give him a follow. All right. Now you guys can request to speak if you want. And I'll I'll handle a couple questions or we shall see. Uh, or have you already? Do I hit this? Let's see, Duchess, Borg. Any requests? If not, I'll, I'm going to end it. That was great. I mean, Bellingcat and everything else. Just That was really a good conversation just on the deceptions and lies that these intelligence agencies and 
willing participants, you know, planted in mass media and social media, just go along with this war propaganda. But the most amazing thing is after they get hardcore debunked on one lie, they just move on to the next one. They get debunked there and somehow they're able to maintain credibility where it's never really, um, it never really sticks in the public mind. Wait, you said this about Syria and it wasn't true. You said this about Russia and that wasn't true. It never seems to stick. And and finally it will. And all that happens is they disappear. And then there's a new organization with a new name, but it's the same rhetoric and lies. That seems to be the game. All right. Well, if there aren't any questions, then I'll, I'll shut up and get out of here. I'm going to go move over to Telegram and talk to that group. If you're part of my Telegram, you can join there. Uh, please share this one out. Thanks for listening. Give me a follow too. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Peace. Are you leaving, Brian? <laughs> oh, no. If you got to, I'll do Q&A. No, I didn't see any speakers raise their hands. I was about to bounce. Oh, sorry. I'm I'm just polite. I was about to raise my hand. I didn't want to interrupt. Uh, you know what? I'm just so used to not allowing dead air from doing podcasts that, oh. yeah, I should have been quiet for a second. Anybody? <laughs> Go ahead, though. <laughs> Apologies. No, I mean, uh, that speaker was great, but I have to be honest, like with my English, I mean, I speak four languages. That guy spoke so bloody fast. My in my head is like blood is spinning, you know. Ah, uh, well, you know what? Listen to the replay and slow it down. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I mean, I you know, it's a, and it's an American and British speaker, so we're going quickly, I guess. But uh, yeah, um, but every time you spoke, it kind of like grounded the situation, the energy. So it was kind of like a good balance. I like that's because I'm an American living in Korea, so I'm used to speaking slowly. <laughs> I don't know. In Japan before that, maybe. Varg, I heard your voice. Yeah, yeah, I have a point. Uh, because he, he mentioned that uh, coup attempt in Montenegro. Yeah. And I uh, I read about that in James Bamford's book, Spy Fail, uh, which is quite good. That's right. And and the odd thing about that coup, and, and this is kind of weird, uh, but this supports his uh, theory, was that uh, the extraction team for the coup plotters were all like former CIA, uh, FBI, uh, private uh, mercenary, like private security contractors. And none of them, Ooh. none of them were, faced any consequences for participating in what is allegedly a Russian backed coup attempt in a NATO country. Think about that. <laughs> like, that's treason, technically. <laughs> So yeah, uh, so yeah, that that uh, his it's his, that situation of who watches the watchers, you know. Even when the CIA or the FBI gets caught red-handed doing something, it's like uh huh, and you know, like who prosecutes them? Especially if the the public almost can't know about it. You know, you'd have to read Jane Bransford's book, or you'd have you'd have to really dig to even know these things. Well, I, w I will say, so like the head honcho who did the coup planning, uh, he was a part of something I thought was really cool. Uh, he was a part of an anti-NATO motorcycle gang, which I didn't know they had, but <laughs> that's kind of cool. You know, those anti-NATO motorcycle gangs. <laughs> yeah. like, can we get some in, uh, can we get some in Norway? <laughs>
<laughs> some of the stuff they come up with is just like some boomer who watched old films. Like, let's do this. Like, give him some tattoos. <laughs> yeah. Anyone else? Oh, there's some requests. Let's see. Uh, so while you're requ- um, approving the requests, uh, requesting the requests, I guess, um, a quick question. It might be like a silly one, but I wanted to get your input because I really value yours. Um, in your opinion, like which event has really been the most awakening one for the um, like the humanists to go down the rabbit hole? Was it 9-11? Was it COVID, Iraq, Afghanistan, Armenia? Um, I think it it was JFK's assassination. I think that, especially when the Zapruder film came out years later and people seeing that, like that event got more people to doubt the government and media. It kind of started the conspiracy genre, not the kook kind, but that one seemed to tear a hole in the fabric of, oh, wow, that they did it. And so from then on, people have always doubted. And the reason that the more serious a- accounts of a conspiracy in an Iran-Contra or 9-11 or uh, Syrian gas attacks, these kind of, you know, the Russian pipeline thing, is because of JFK. Like, because that happened, then people could question the Gulf of Tonkin and question other things. And... And and figure out, yeah, conspiracies, Operation Gladio, some of these things. All it is is covert operation. It's not like a, a kooky thing at all. Now, there is a consorted effort to make all conspiracies seem impossible and crazy. And there are certain charlatans that are amped up to the level of millionaires of just making up BS, like being school shooter deniers or saying 5g melts your brain and uh, whatever to really just throw shade on the whole thing to act like oh conspiracy that never happens and yet uh that isn't the case but if i was to pick one that i think um since america does most of these things that woke up the most people in the united states would be the jfk assassination and then probably Probably nine eleven. That was for for this generation at least. Was that was their JFK? I probably would say nine eleven was the beginning when JFK's assassination happened. We didn't have the internet. In my opinion, nine eleven and then COVID probably was the major. You know, yeah, that was a big thing, especially for the youth who aren't even alive when Jeff K it was COVID was big for a lot of like just normie non-political people. It was, they acted like it was the end of the world or something. And it was what it was. So yeah, that, yeah. Okay. I changed my answer. I think COVID yeah, and also might have had a more impact globally at least. Cause it wasn't just something that happened in America. It happened everywhere. Yeah. Exactly. COVID. Um, and you know, the mistake they did with COVID is they locked up, all of us, um, you know, in basically curfewed us and house arrested us with internet. So, you know, people like such as me, for example, we started digging. <laughs> we had a lot of questions 
So Yeah, that really bit them in the butt, didn't it? It's like you're locked in your house and you're on the internet. What do you do? You start looking to find me or something, you know, like, uh oh. That was a bad move. Ryan, that's how I found you. I mean, honestly, I came into Twitter <laughs> one bought it. And then as soon as like the people that were have been suspended and canceled and um, you know, like um, everything that you have some of us, some people are still banned, but it got so much better after Elon. So much more interesting. Like all all the like black sheep are back. Like we're crawling out of the oven and be like, Can we talk now? And like so you know what I did? The first thing I did, I started following all the people that were reinstated. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so these are the people I need to follow. There should be a list of the people brought back in 2023. Wouldn't that be cool? Like, here's all the ones the FBI didn't want you to follow. That'd be sweet. There should be a list. The IR something? Is it IRA? What is this? This is the Iron Mike. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, oh, the Iron Mike. I can't see the rest of your name, but yeah, go for it. No worries. I, I put some stuff in the in the chat bubble below, kind of about um this fear mongering, this kind of war path, and propping up China as an excuse for everything as a diversion. I know Alex Jones is been getting called out for for doing that recently. Um, Nick Fuentes kind of the chai comms. Yeah, the chai comms are guilty <laughs> for everything. So I put something in the chat. Maybe you're interested. Maybe the guys at Gray Zone are interested in looking it up. But the question I had, because you really piqued my interest, um, I'm actually doing research on the assassination of Malcolm X and his family. Is uh, oh, they have a case right now uh, where they're gonna they're gonna sue the FBI, and it's it's really tight lipped. Uh, we, we don't know what's going on, but uh, in my research, I'm coming across a lot of guys. The guy you want to talk to is Doug Valentine. Nice. He's got talk to him. He's got everything on on uh, Malcolm and Dr. King. Great. So Doug Valentine, and then I was going to ask, like, have have there been cases? Do we have any case studies of ever actually prosecuting some high ups in the CIA or FBI? I was kind of scratching my head. Have we ever won? Have the people ever actually, you know, been able to prosecute somebody? I don't know if you know anything off time. Well, I mean, during Iran-Contra, people like Anthony Poindexter and stuff did get convicted of conspiracy. The thing is, Bush Sr. got in and commuted most of their sentences. Oh, you know, Valerie Plame got, or not, Valerie Plame's accuser, Judith Miller, went to jail for 85 days. Gets right out, gets a job at Fox. You know, and she was instrumental in starting the Iraq War. But, yeah, no... Hmm. I won't say none. Not, not off the top of my head, just asking me, like, I can't think of any major, like, consequences for CIA operatives for the things they do. Cool. I, I mean, like, that. Clapper perjured himself. There's things that are just clear in front of the world and nothing happens. The 50 that lied about the laptop. I mean, you can't, that's a lie, too. You're like, oh, I just, I'm just wrong. It's made, we all made mistakes. No, that was intentional. Nothing happens to him. Hmm. Yeah, maybe that ought to be the thing is in present and past cases get some consequences for these people. Vard, do you know of any cases like high level, not scrubs, they got prosecuted? 
I mean, James Woolsey lied about the anthrax. Straight up lied and said, oh, yeah, nothing happened. Um, uh, there is, okay, so this is, this is not quite the same, uh, but uh, there, there was a case in the UK of this lady who worked in the GCHQ and she uh, published information showing that the intel on the Iraq war was dubious and false. And she got uh, taken to trial for it. But uh, at trial, uh, the state dismissed the case because they didn't want to uh, allow for discovery because she could defend herself by saying that uh, the government lied and thus the war is wrong. But that's like the, that's kind of the opposite of what you were asking for. And there's a there's a there's a movie about it called the Official Secrets, I believe, hmm. and uh, it, it wasn't really publicized that much outside of Britain. That's like, the thing. Like, if you ask me about whistleblowers who have been persecuted or killed, I could name them. Boom, boom, boom. You know, <laughs> you ask me about CIA people who got prosecuted. I'm thinking, ah, no one been a high level. Well, no, no, no. Well, that would like that's the same reason we don't prosecute presidents who've done war crimes. That would set a bad precedent and would limit the freedom of navigation for future presidents. I mean, Korea does. They put two in jail in a row. Uh, Well, I believe they have um, like over 50% of all the living Korean presidents have been put in prison. Mm-hmm. Oh, corruption. Crazy, like, yeah. yeah. They had three in a row, excuse me. And they engage in it, and the other side gets there, and they prosecute them, but they have more of a free press in lieu of just being the opposite of North Korea, right? And that's what happens. If you have free speech, it's very hard to get away with corruption. It's that, and because of the presence of North Korea, South Koreans are are not apolitical. They're all invested a little bit just because there's guns pointed at them. And so you have a very active, like, political culture. They don't have their head in the sand. And so a lot of when, you know, when it hits the fan, they'll, they will prosecute you even if you're the president. Yeah. Uh. But America, like even even on a state level, I'm thinking governors or anything. You had senators and governors involved in the Epstein ring. Nothing happened. Well, the last thing that came close was Richard Nixon, but I'm pretty sure that he didn't really know about the Watergate breaking, and that was some kind of off to get him out of office. <laughs> Yeah, because Nixon pulled out of Nam, so they went after him. Yeah. <clears throat> hmm. But yeah, that, there's that these like indictments against Trump, against but Trump. <laughs> for the well, opposite reason. Well, for what? For telling the bank that your va- uh, properties are worth more than they are? Something that's like standard. Everybody does that. Like people even do it when they talk to their friends. So, like. <laughs> up the value of their investments or 
<laughs> Especially New Yorkers, which I know you're familiar with. They're hyperbole. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was the Keaton Five for the savings and loan scandal in the 80s, but I'm not, I'm not thinking you asked about CIA, though. I'm like, nah. Any good question. Any other? Oh, here's some requests. Whoever's on speaker, kindly mute yourself unless you're talking. Yeah, I mean, um, this gentleman, Varg, sounded like he's in a submarine and there is like like military sounds coming from the background. Maybe he is in a submarine. (laughs) He's usually clear. Uh, that's my co-host sometimes, so it's I don't know what was going on there, but I, I was using a cheap headset I got in Hong Kong. It's the my bad. Soviet. That's yeah, like, the submarine story was better, but <laughs> <laughs> it sounded very Soviet, sir. Uh, but uh, nice to hear you in a safe and sound environment. We're happy you're doing well. The <laughs> uh, Haas, Hose, maybe I don't know. Yeah, you can go ahead. You like mate, hose is fine, yeah, because <laughs> Americans say hose. My actual name is Hussein, and Hossein is the way Persians say it. And then it goes, oh, well, it just says H O Z, so I had to guess. <laughs> yeah, I know, mate. I know. No, it's Hoz. So anyway, Ryan, I, I came up here because I've never seen you in your space, in your own space. I wanted to ask you a couple of questions, if I may. Yeah, it's because it didn't work for like the whole summer. Why? So I just gave up on it. The spaces it was just buggy. Right. Okay. Layla's got the same problem as well. Now she's got a new phone and she's able to use her a new phone to be able to open spaces up. I don't know. And she's like properly getting targeted. So I don't know if your phone's been. You gotta like erase the app and put it on again. Mm. And then only works like once. It's. Who is going to win the next uh, American presidency, mate? Zionist. Trump. So do, you, do, you, so do you think Trump is a Zionist? They all are. I mean, like, who will win? Probably him. Like, unless they disqualify him somehow. I mean, we're not going to reelect Anthony Blinken or Biden, or whatever. So, <laughs> you know, because that's what that is. Uh, but I mean, you look at them all. RFK is a Zionist. Vivix is a Zionist. DeSantis is a Zionist, like there's the Zionist win. At least Trump doesn't like Netanyahu. So that's what uh, I was... of the of the Zionist, he's like I don't know. I mean, he's I... the he's the shit biscuit instead of the shit sandwich. I don't know. But I saw a video of him talking about Mahmoud Abbas. Like he went to there and he said, Mahmoud Abbas, I was told the Palestinians don't want to make a deal, but when I got there, Mahmoud Abbas wanted to make a deal and the Palestinians did. But after talking to Bibi, I realized he doesn't actually want to do a deal. And yeah. the consequences of that kind of conversation is if he becomes president, do you think because of his son-in-law and whatever else, it's just all going to be pro-Israel? There's not going to be any kind of give for the Palestinians? Well, I don't, I'm not sure Netanyahu will still be there next year. Why? <clears throat> I mean, I they hate him. They, and, and they don't hate him because he's murdering Palestinians. They should. They hate him because October 7th happened. They're like, how did you, where you sleep on the wheel? You're supposed to protect us, and you didn't. Yeah. So. That's a whole other story, isn't it? Well, that, uh, yeah, I'm just saying what they would say. And then they also, they don't like him for his reformation on the courts, and they don't like him 
some of them don't like him for killing Palestinians. There are some Israelis that have a conscience, but everyone's got a reason to dislike him. That's the point. So I'm not sure how long he'll hang around. I don't think he's going to last beyond the, the last day of the conflict when his mandate as the prime minister for war ends, I think. I don't he'll, think. That's why he'll stretch it out. That's what he's doing. Yeah, you're right. And it, like if, if they run out of them to kill, he'll suddenly at war with Hezbollah or something. Anything to stay out. Ah, he's he's the worst person for Israeli security. And obviously he butchers all his neighbors, but they all do that. That That's the thing. Like, yeah, now who's gone? Hooray. And what? Benny Gantz or who? You know, oh, they all they're all psychopaths. Um, I agree, mate. There isn't one of them that I would rely on to be a normal human being that actually values life. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. I, I thought you were finished. Go ahead, finish. Sorry, carry on, Duchess. My apologies. Um, thank you, sir. Um, is it true that Kushner family is apparently a more powerful family than Netanyahu's? Right now, because he screwed up so bad. I mean, Charles Kushner was a billionaire, and he also set up honey traps. And they're more like Trump was pro Netanyahu at first. He got stabbed in the back. I mean, the the first guy to congratulate Joe Biden after he was selected was Netanyahu. And, you know, the Kushners are just pro-Israel. And they're, they kiss up to whoever's in power, is, what, is my opinion. But that is a very powerful family. It's a big New York uh, real estate tycoon and they own media. They own the New York Observer. And, you know, Kushner, Charles Kushner gets out of federal prison. It, no, nobody went after them on that, you know. They so they're so vulnerable there. No Democrat brought up the whole Kushner affair. Then that shows you how powerful that is. Because that would have been easy ammo to kick Trump in the nuts and saying, Look at this, your son in law's father went to jail, setting honey trap, illegal campaign financing, bribing Governor McGreevy, New Jersey, da 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 da. You're cavorting with Tony Solarno and Bob Labuti and all these mob figures. None of that was brought up. It was just identity politics. Oh, you said this about Mexico and grab her by the pussy. You know, it was all nonsense stuff. They never really went after him for actual crimes because they can't because they're all guilty of the same thing. But as far as like Kushner versus Netanyahu, I mean, Netanyahu is a prime minister. He's obviously the has more power for the time being, but he's he's on very thin ice and he knows it. And uh, Pushing your reputation ought to be shot after what he did, but it isn't. And so they will work through proxies. And Trump, you know, I think part of the reason he picked, you know, everyone, his, the big criticism of Trump is he picks the worst people. You know, the, the Boltons and the Espers and the Mad Dog Mattis and all these morons. Because um, Kushner was in his ear. In fact, when General Flynn got in trouble, uh, the former DIA head, that made the calls, you know, to try and influence the uh, Security Council at the UN. He made the call on behalf of Kushner, who was making it on behalf of Netanyahu. Benny Netanyahu used to sleep in Kushner's bed when he would visit Charles Kushner. So he kicked his son out of his room and put Netanyahu there. They have a very tight relationship. That is so interesting. I have no idea they were that. If close. you haven't, if you haven't seen it, you, I made a film called Trump's Sinus Ball and Chain, and my subscribers can watch it because I'm going to post it tonight. It's um, 
I was doing that anyway. I didn't know anyone was going to ask about that, but like you can you can watch it on my website too. Uh, it's free. I'm just saying, Twitter subs are going to get it tonight. Trump sinus ball and chain, and it goes all over that and the Port Authority conflict, and it actually goes. <laughs> There's a tie-in to September 11th, and there's a tie-in to the assassination of RFK Sr. So you should watch it. Made it in 2017. I'm just about to subscribe to you, mate, and I'll read it. Later. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it'll be there after the space. i got to upload it. Yeah, let's see if any... Oh, we got another request. Well... Almaz, did you want to say? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Ryan, thanks. Um, look, I've been on the receiving end of a Zionist attack. Um, there's been conspiracy to try to get me doxxed. Congratulations. Um, my question, yeah, my question uh, to you, Ryan, is the future now like moving to Asia? Because um, it seems like if you want to talk about certain topics, you literally have to live in Asia now. If you live in Europe or America, Basically, nope, nope. we're full. Possible. No more coming here. We're full. Stay over there. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does seem like if you want free speech, you have to, you have to be over here. Why you know? didn't? You- and what, what's funny is like I have more freedom of speech on Russian platforms like Telegram and VK than I did on any of the American stuff. I'm not allowed on Facebook. I'm not allowed on Instagram. I can't use WhatsApp. I can't use. Uh, Venmo or PayPal or Patreon can't use YouTube, can't use anything American. I'm not allowed to do, but Why I can be on the Russian thing, except for Twitter. We can't Ryan, anywhere, uh, Ryan. Seriously, <laughs> but- Ryan, to, to, to insulate myself against this Zionist attack, I've decided to do a race change. So I'm now can a I black male and here? LGBTQ. <laughs> Wait, yeah, no, just a second, let him finish his point and then. Sure. Yeah, so uh, I just I've done a pre, uh, preemptive uh, maneuver so that uh, to insulate myself from Zionist attack, I've done a race change. Now I'm a black male who's an LGBTQ activist uh, and also Actually, a recent convert to Judaism. There you go. I, <laughs> I don't think they care what your orientation or color is. Like if they don't, if Zionists are after you, uh, you're one of the bad ones or whatever. But Tony or Anthony? Yeah, Tony Van. Yeah. Hey, I, I just wanted to, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interject on you, Al Almas. I, I just didn't hear you actually. And sometimes when I'm promoted up to speaker, I, for some reason, I seem to lose some audio of, of other, other people. Um, that, ha- that is something I've heard before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, it's real pleasure. Thanks for letting me in, Ryan. I'm, I'm a big fan. You know what? I should subscribe to you too. Actually. I, I just tend to spend a lot of money on, you know, a hundred bucks here, a hundred bucks there for a cost and stuff. And, you know, it adds up, but uh, there's some people that really are worthwhile in terms of subscribing. And, and uh, you know, you, 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 you sh- you're understated, I think. And uh, you know what? I, I am going to subscribe to you tonight, today. I promise to do that. Anyways. Um, Six bucks is worth yeah, it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what I wanted to ask you guys, is because I just can't figure this out now. I've got an MA in history. I, you know, I, I, uh, <clears throat> I'm, I'm 61, so I, and I've been following the Israel-Palestine issue since, uh, for 40 years. And, uh, you know, over the last five years since the, or really 10 years since the influx of of more East Europeans and Russian Jews into Israel, the politics has swung increasingly right wing and more militant towards the Palestinians. But, man, you know, I I never seen, you know, this this happening. And 
and uh, <clears throat> I mean, we all know this is an attack on Hamas. That's just an excuse. Uh, this is ethnic cleansing. They right. they they want to force the Palestinians out of Gaza, and, and that, hence uh, the widespread destruction of buildings. But I, I just wanted to ask some of you guys on the panel here, like, uh, how how did Israel figure that they 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 win the PR battle here and and be able to justify this ethnic cleansing? I and and secondly, I like. <clears throat> You can't fight terror with more terror. Um, you know, as Elon Musk said, you know, Israel really needed to do conspicuous good. You know, it's a very small country, a very small population in a sea of, uh, uh, you know, they're making enemies everywhere. This isn't 1990 where, you know, nowadays Turkey makes its own cars. Iran makes drones that are better than what Russia has. I mean, these Arab societies or Persian societies are, are, are very advanced, you know, and how does it, well, like, why does Israel think it can get away with, uh, uh, you know, causing hate amongst its enemies? That, that That's like, how do they figure that there's not going to be a hundred times more of a Hamas promise uh, problem in the future? And not pro problem, I mean, I mean, just, you know, you can't fight terror with more terror. You have to win their hearts over and. Okay, I just, what do you think, Brian? Like, I, I just don't get it. You can't fight terror with more terror if your goal is to stop terrorism. Right. But what if that's not your goal? Yeah, right, eh? Because it's really about to taking a land, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they're arrogant. Yeah, I, I guess so. And a lot of them don't care about the future. Like, they get what they get. And when they're dead, whatever. Yeah, they don't believe in heaven and hell, do they? So um, they don't, they seem to have a bit of a nihilistic uh, view on. It. Well, some of them do, some of them don't, but they're they're all hedonists. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, such as a way of uh, lack of um, some base morales, perhaps. Um, but okay, so it's ethnic cleansing, you know, destroy Gaza, make it uninhabitable. How do they figure the world's going to put up with this? Like, really? Like, they think they can get away with this? I just don't understand that. The world's put up with the occupation for 75 years. Well, the world's put up with a lot, yeah. Um, I think they screwed up on this one. I mean, I think you're right. It's been so bad for so long and sustained for so long. And they don't have the monopoly on media that they used to have. That's right. This might be the sort of uh, victim of their own success. and all Because they've flattened Gaza many times before and the West Bank. And they've always gotten away with it because they always ran the media. Yeah. But because of Twitter and Telegram, stories are getting out. And a little bit of TikTok too. They don't control it. And so people are seeing hospitals get bulldozed with people in them, as happened today, that they never saw these things before. They've used white phosphorus before. Didn't matter. You know, if as long as they had control over the media, you can really get away with anything. Yeah, that's so true, isn't it? The and hundred percent control of media, uh the edge of pop advantages of uh, TV, newspaper, Hollywood, radio coverage, and 
and uh, the, you know, a lot of people don't realize we, we, we subconsciously verify information by hearing it from different sources over time. You know, the guest I had on today, <clears throat> he worked for Sputnik and Mint Press and Grayzone. Grayzone also, to my knowledge, was the first to debunk the 40 beheaded baby story mm-hmm. saying, you know, that was David Ben-Zion. He's a right-wing settler. That's who made that up and told that lady that for whatever. Um, and that could instantly go on Twitter and be could realize this is like the babies on incubator stuff. Yeah. Um, but there's no internet when they did the babies on incubator no. stuff for the first Gulf yeah, War. Yeah. So it just went around. Yeah. This got debunked immediately. Yeah. Now, if Elon had not bought X and there wasn't free speech on a major platform, not just like online sites mm-hmm. and stuff, um, that would have worked. Yeah. Yeah. As, as ridiculous as it is, nice round number, 40, but it would have worked because it, they wouldn't allow pushback. <clears throat> so you're asking, like, why are they doing this and why, they, why they're why they adding all these exaggerations? Because they're so used to getting away with it in the past. They're so used to every major American outlet acquiescing and complying with their war propaganda. Yeah. They go along with they, they lied about Syria. They lied about Iraq. They lied about Libya. They've been lying about Palestine. And it always worked before, no matter how stupid or see through it was. There, there was plenty of lies about uh, in the Ukraine Russia war. Yeah. The Buka massacre that they blamed on the Russians. Yeah. And so they figured, oh, yeah. Because look, <laughs> d- during, you know, post Elon Musk, Twitter was all Ukraine flags and NAFO and pushing mm-hmm. NATO propaganda. Mm-hmm. You were not allowed to debunk any of the very see-through lies that they were saying, including the bombing of the pipeline, because they owned it. Yeah. Elon gets in. He has the Twitter files. He shows, look, there's government agencies in here requesting that people be banned, censored, and uh, or have their reach reduced to almost zero. You know? And so the difference this time is even though they have a majority, they don't have a monopoly. And that's what's that's why they're gonna lose. Yeah, you know what? I think you're absolutely right. I think that I, I, I'm not familiar with Telegram. Maybe I should look into that too, but I am familiar with X. But you know that it's pretty big, yeah. yeah. You know, you're absolutely right. X breaks your social monopoly and, and that has made I think a world of difference. Let, let me ask you this, Ryan. I mean, think about how much news you've gotten. From X. Oh yeah, well, about this. yeah, this is about it, and you know a few YouTube channels, and, and that's about it. Um, <clears throat> you know, Elon Musk is a really smart fellow. Uh, um, he know he knows what things are valued. Um, you know, I was really surprised he was able to grab up X because I thought, well, the Jews, uh, you know, this is their last social media nugget to, you know, they can maintain their monopoly, and uh, you know. Uh, mainstream media's uh, prerogatives are maintained is it possible that musk had to pay well, Zionist. yeah Zionist, sorry. Um, <clears throat> is it possible that musk had to pay more than double what what x was worth just to outbid jewish interests what would you think about that i think that many different factions were afraid of free speech yeah and zionists were one but you know, military profiteering, all sorts of things. They don't want free speech. I mean, a lot of these, you know, if, if this had happened a few years ago, a lot of these Epstein clients would be in trouble. 
Now, I've published the client list, but I, I still only have like 158,000 followers or whatever. Like that needs to be on a channel with millions. It'd be like, look, here's the list. You keep asking, where's the list? Here it is. Names. Wow. You know, that ought to be all over TV and it's not, and it's not going to no. be. The best we can do is have big Twitter accounts say, here it is. Here's the proof. We can walk through each individual and why we know what the victim said. Da, 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 da. That should have been a bigger story. Huge. But like, you know, myself and others, I've been talking about Epstein since 2007 and we were banned. You know, when Justin Ramondo's talked about the dancing Israelis, the FBI investigated antiwar.com. Oh, is that right? <laughs> you know, they were more concerned with the journalist than the news. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Holy Hannah, because I, I just saw the first the dancing Israelis on that roof. Though I think there were nine of them. I thought it was just, well, you know, um, they can... No, it was just three. Oh, okay. They can read the tea leaves, but then it turns out that they work for this moving company that's it was Israeli or something, and it just got, oh my God, just so dodgy and just so Israeli, right? Like, holy Hannah. Um, hmm. Yeah, it was really front company. Yeah, yeah, that's Ryan. Uh, we, that's a long story. We've been over it, but I hear someone else saying, Ryan, Ryan, what's up? Okay. Just a quick yeah. question, Ryan. Yeah. You, okay, um, that's all I want to ask for now. Um, I'll, I'll... I don't think he can hear you. Oh, oh. Sometimes pe- speakers can't hear other speakers. There's someone trying to talk to anyone. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll mute myself then. Thank you. Okay. Ryan, you just turned around and said that you, you've published a list of 150-odd people. I've seen that same list. And then you qualified and said that people have spoken. Do, do we have evidence from people that have been with these people? No, what you've seen with 150 names is the flight logs. That's so different. Not everybody that flew on their planes is guilty of kitty fiddling. I have an actual client list and uh, and some of it does overlap with that, but the, there's a bunch of false lists going around. Very lazy journalism where they just take the flight logs or the black book, you know, all the names they had ever, and they're just listing the most famous people from the black book. That's That's lazy and wrong. I'm talking about an actual client list. I literally mapped it out. I did a nine and a half hour marathon with sean atwood talking about who we know financed it how it got started the whole the whole operation where they got the models from the whole thing but but people like me have been banned you see forever during the whole thing when everybody's getting arrested when john luke brunel was in jail peter guard nagar got arrested when glenn maxwell got arrested when epstein got arrested we weren't allowed to talk and so the the whole narrative sort of got alex jonesified not by him, but I just use him as a verb to mean kookified. And so now people think they know about Epstein and they don't. They know a false story. So say it now. Say it in these spaces. <laughs> Let it be known as a matter of <laughs> Really quickly, Ryan, when you say people always like, uh, like to look at the famous right, um, you right we like look after the celebrity names but what about all the academy uh you know members um um the covet um high-end members uh, you know like those are the yeah, names you're right looking the, at. the thing so that people like, they focus them. on yeah exactly. they focus on like clinton prince andrew maybe tony blair like the more like sexy names like oh president blah, blah, blah. The the Glenn Dubin, Jess Staley's, the you know, or the whole Dubin family, the 
the Charles and Edgar Bronfman, the Robert Kraft and Leon Black, Jean-Luc Brunel, they say like they're not names that jump out and like, oh, Alan Greenberg. Like, no, they don't know who that is. Like, but there. these are prominent bankers, head fund managers, very large movers and shakers, Michael Steinhardt, these guys. But they're more focused on like senators and governors like George Mitchell or Bill Richardson or you know, but especially all they talked about was Clinton, Trump, because you know, Trump's in a picture with him. Woo, you know, and uh and Prince Andrew. And they they're not looking at uh some of these other names, you know, Barry Kersher and um Melina Walker and Nathan Mervold and like Ronald Perlman, and that ought to be a big name. Like they there's this long list. I have the list. I even put it on a shirt. I have a map on the front and the list on the back. I don't know what else to do. I'm not allowed on YouTube or any of this stuff. Like maybe I can just do a space where like, all right, we're gonna go over names. You know, we'll do that later. But Hell yeah. do it. You know. It's just there was no point in doing that until I built up my Twitter. It's like, okay, I'm back on Twitter. I have two followers. You know, when is a good time to pull it out? You know, maybe now. But you know, I didn't get my Twitter back till this year. So, you know, and then I got suspended, not panned, but suspended a few times. One was on October 7th. My account got suspended on the day of the attack. How long, how long for? Just 12 hours. What was the tweet? Don't know. You know, you don't know what the tweet was. They didn't Mm -hmm. say I was just like, oh, I need I need this back as soon as possible. I'll erase it, whatever, you know, and put me on Twitter. It was like three tweets. They're like, bing, bing, bing. You get like a warning that you can just erase it and come back. And then I think it's like five hours. And so I went straight to the third one or whatever. They just hit me with three in a row on that day trying to get rid of my account. You're special, mate. You're very special, right? But I didn't have any inside anything on October 7th. I was looking at it like everyone, you know. But it was just a weird coincidence that, you know, I was suspended that day. I was kicked off Patreon the day Glenn Maxwell got arrested. You're a persona non non grata, uh, Ryan, like the past two decades. So (laughs) you have a reputation. They want to keep it up. Maybe it's a just-in-case type of thing. I don't know. But being on X has been just... It's changed everything. I have so much more motivation to get into these cases. I'm like, oh, hey, people will actually hear it this time. Some, it'll grow. Like, I'll, I'll be back within a couple of years, and then they won't be able to get away with this. It'll be big enough to just go, boom, you did this, he did that. It'll be over for these people. Like, imagine if we had been able to talk in 2002 and 2003, talk about the Office of Special Plans, like, in the lead-up to the Iraq War. Imagine if... There was social media and there are people on there saying the things that Ramondo and Rivero and these guys knew way back then. You couldn't. It was like, you know, you had to make web pages and share things through email and stuff. Free speech is a greater threat to power than it ever has been because it's more organized and like one person can figure something out and communicate it to everyone else. That's why they're afraid of these influencers. That's why I think like when they, you know, you might think it's silly, but when they went after Russell Brand or Andrew Tate or Tristan, they like, or you think about it, they had FBI had a file on John Lennon, a musician. Why? Because he has reach. 
You know, and they say something in an interview somewhere. A lot of people hear it. They're scared to death of people with reach, even if they're not really talking about politics, because they know at any moment they could just swerve. You know, first they're doing manosphere, this and that, and suddenly they're like talking about COVID or Ukraine or one of the taboo top topics, and they want to shut that down. Like Tucker Carlson was, I believe, the most watched TV anchor, not just for Fox, but period, and they still fired him. He talked about January 6th. Like that's like the money is not the most important thing. The power is. How long do you the, think the, it's going to I think this year there's the first time they've had legit cracks in the armor. And it's hard to say. Like Israel's bitten off more than it can chew. So is Ukraine. They're both they're both going to take L's there. But there's just too many variables right now. It, de it depends a lot on the U.S. election. But, you know, really, if you look at it, regardless of who wins, Trump or Biden or whatever, Trump or Blinken, we should say, half the country is going to want to secede. It's a real volatile, volatile situation. I think Trump is going to win. It's going to be better for the world if Trump wins compared to what Biden is doing. Because he's a non-war activist, he's a, he doesn't want wars, and that one singular thing is the one defining thing of his presidency is he did not allow the United States to go into wars. He just said, "I'm not doing this shit." He and made the, the plan to pull out of Afghanistan and wanted to get out of Syria, and they're like, "No, this is for Israel." Yeah, no, exactly. That's why they hate him. They hate his and guts. I, and, and if he gets in, which I hope he does, even though I, you know, I was against him before all of the Twitter files opened up. Once the Twitter files opened up, literally my eyes opened up and I'm like, what the fuck? What have I been living in? I have literally been living in the Matrix. And it's not something that it's not a joke. I mean, I'm an, I consider myself to be a highly intelligent person that's keeping himself up to date with the news, this that, and the other. And I've just realized literally I've been watching all of these news channels, but all of them are actually, actually giving me the same news. So I, I think because I'm listening to CNN, I'm listening to France 24, I'm listening to the BBC, I'm listening, reading the Guardian newspaper and the Sun, not the, the Sun, but trying to go to a broad spectrum of stuff. And also on Facebook as well. You know, I didn't realize that it was so captured. The whole of social media was captured. The whole of the mainstream media is fully captured and you know what i don't actually watch the news anymore i don't i literally watch the bbc when i'm sitting down having my breakfast or my i think voltaire people. says they're always willing to give you two sides of the same side <laughs> it, that's exactly what i'm saying that's exactly but now i come onto the twitter spaces to get information from direct sources in gaza direct sources in the west bank and get the information from those people and that's it those are the only people i'm interested in I'm not interested in what the BBC or the ITV or CNN says because I now know they've got no integrity. It's gone. Whatever integrity. Well, they that's have, what they tell little kids. You know, you're like, don't don't lie. You know, if you keep lying like that, you'll end up working for the BBC. Yeah, well, that's exactly what it is, mate. That's exactly what's happened. And I'm like, and it needs to get to the point where the BBC, the New York Times, or whatever says a thing about a war and everyone just rolls their eyes whatever you always lie well that, that's what it is for me now and i just hope it's the same for millions of other people because it's obvious like 
for instance, I go on all these marches for Palestine and there's like 800,000 people there. Oh, there was 300,000 people there. What are you on about, mate? I literally, the, the crowd didn't couldn't move for the number of people. And it's from all the way from the American embassy, all the way to the top of Park Lane Marble Arch. And there was just people. Yeah, you can I, see aerial shots of it. Exactly. Think, what? <laughs> what about 300,000 people? There was, there was 800,000 people minimum. Minimum 800,000. Some people said more. And when they do these things, and they do it every week, every week they just lie to us about the numbers. You go, how can I try? What happened? Uh, we lost. I didn't hear him either. Yeah. So. Uh, but uh, I, uh, I just want. It's to- look. It's Twitter space. It's glitchy sometimes. Yeah. It's it is what it is. Yeah. So uh, I I've- I get his point though. They lied about the crowd size for sure. Well, yeah, but uh, I wanted to make this point. Sometimes it's better to not be informed than to be misinformed. So if you just turn off the TV, that's actually better than. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Or just watch TV and say, okay, opposite of that. Yeah, yeah, basically. Uh, uh, I, I, I call <laughs> it mental hygiene. So just like, you know, you do hygiene. And keep hey, Ryan, food. did you watch the movie uh, Leave the World Behind on Netflix that just came out a week ago? Uh, no, I don't watch Netflix. I'm heterosexual. <laughs> okay, well, you can find it on <laughs> shoot. Can you do me a favor? Please watch it. I would love to like exchange. Um, I don't think we have Netflix. But what about Beach Shoot? You can find it for free on Beach Shoot. Okay. What's it called? Leave the World Behind? Yes, please. I mean, this is the movie that Obama produced, you guys. And it's full. <laughs> you know what you um, should do? Just watch oh John Bolton. God. And the opposite of whatever he said is right. <laughs> No, but this is kind of freaky. I, I, I will, if you don't mind, I will DM you um, this, um, like a 30-minute synopsis, the breakdown of the entire movie, if you don't mind. I don't want to, like, blow up. Yeah, that's something I might actually watch. I'm probably not going to watch a movie, to be honest. Yeah, uh, you'll just crash course. I get it. <laughs> Smart. Uh, yeah, so uh, about that thing I was saying earlier, I, I found the citation or I found the part of the book where the CIA officer and four former FBI agents uh, involved as the exfiltration unit in the coup attempt in Montenegro, and I sent it in DM. Um, there you go. Yeah. That we can show note when this recording goes on Rumble. Uh, yeah, it's on page 409 of uh, James Bamford's Spy Phil. And, and it made me think, uh, well, he has a different theory about the Nord Stream bombing. And, uh, you know, they say a journalist's only as good as their sources. Mm-hmm. So, when, like these, Seymour uh, Hirsch and James Bamford, these are both guys who have, uh, like, good sources in the national security state. Uh, but you never know when they're being used and for what purpose. So always, always be a little bit skeptical, but it, it, the information is valuable. It does uh, uh, pull back the veil somewhat. 
but I'm done. The, the fact that they had a bomb left over and could definitely trace and know who it was and didn't say means it's got to be a major world power like the UK or the US. It has to. It's not Ukraine. They could have said, yeah, Ukraine bombed the line. They're at war with them. So what? That's not what they did. Anyway, I got to charge my battery. So <laughs> we're going to have to end this space. Please uh, give me a Christmas present. Give a follow at least for one month, $6. We're going to put Trump's ball and chain up there, the Zionist ball and chain tonight. It's nighttime here in Korea. And so um, you'll be able to watch that today if you haven't seen it. It's a good one to refresh on, too. For some even reason, if you did see it. Dollars a month, Ryan. <laughs> Not that I'm like complaining, but mine is eight. <laughs> You're just eight? Were you in yeah. Canada or something? No, I'm in US. Eh? Inflation? I don't know. I didn't I put it at six, so I did don't you know. do it through the Twitter app or the website? Ah, uh, uh, yeah, that could be if you're doing Yeah. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, when you when you do the app, Apple or uh Google gets a thirty percent cut of every transaction you do in the app. Uh, yeah, do it from a desktop. That it's way you... okay. I'm happy to help Elon and Ryan out. I mean, two dollars for me doesn't make me or break me, uh, yeah. but I wanted to share. <laughs> I I I just wasn't sure if it's well. It's good to know because it means you see, like well, I thought this was. He said it was six. I'm like, well, it is. So I did, but I guess it's eight, depending on how you get it. Huh? I didn't know that. I mean, I don't subscribe myself, so <laughs> yeah, that's the first <laughs> I'm hearing it. <laughs> It's in there. It's in there. It's on. It's also ancreport.com. We have a whole bunch of films. We're going to have the Biden crime syndicate up too. So uh, I'm at like 13% battery and I need to do Telegram later. So we'll end this here. Thank you so much for listening. And, uh, oh, I see Sam's here today. And, um, cool. But yeah, battery's going to die. So Kit Clarenger, Kleinberg. Add him on Twitter or give him a follow. Look at his work. He was the guest I had the first hour. And um, well, I think we'll be doing another interview soon. We're going to have, we just had Adam Fitzgerald on. We're going to be getting um, Ray McGovern. And uh, well, I don't know if he can do spaces though. Shoot. He was going to do Rumble. Maybe Ray and uh, uh, I think Adam Green too. So future guest and Eli Schaefer. And Jake Shields. So quite the lineup later. All right. See you on Telegram in about 30 minutes. Peace.